Tactical Crouch, episode 190, where we're going to discuss, got a few things today, recent news that's been happening around the Overwatch space, and play-ins around the corners, or literally coming in this weekend, by the way, that's going to be quite exciting, guys, so uh, lots to get through, my goodness, it's actually been a pretty solid week in terms of things happening around the space. Yeah, weirdly positive um, in some ways, some ways a little negative. Um, but exciting nonetheless. It's definitely kind of snuck up on me. Glad we're here. <laughs> we Am I the only one that kind of feels that way? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a bit of fifty-fifty. You know, are yeah. you are you is your glass half full? Is it half empty? You know, where are you at with all of that? Yeah. Um, yeah, especially like had some... because I had had theoretically maybe we could have uh, had me fly out for for GG Recon uh, to to first Arlington and then uh, LA. Yeah. And I mean that that was a bummer that that's not happening. And uh, yeah. soon enough, yeah, same we'll dude, same dude. Yeah. Mm, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there was zero chance. Um, yeah, it's there's been a lot happening. There's been a lot happening over the past week. Uh, some of the most news in general in the Overwatch base that we've had in a while. Mm. Um, and like. Very few of it official, but you know, there's just it's like it's just things, you know, it's just things happening in the space. Um let's kick things off. Uh we're gonna go through most of the news in this week, and then also we're gonna be talking about plans, previews, and just about what we think the meta is gonna be, what the matchups, uh, what our thoughts are on the matchups are, stuff like that. So episode one ninety here, guys, brought to you by Battle Crab, Refine Beam, Bronze Babu Hal, Chare. Chris R three four 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 four, Frodino, Hunter Tang, Cassius sixty seven, Lolshin, Rick Zane, Zagurthalot, Wilma D, Siska's Orpa scented shower gel, and your misery. Number one of on the list, probably breaking news, um, is the Dick Soto article written by Richard Lewis about um, Overwatch two related news, and this is where I think I think it is I think it is good news, isn't it, guys? I, I think that's the overall takeaway. I mean, we'll we'll go through the spark notes in just a hot second, but mm. the overall takeaway I, I think is um, fairly positive in most respects because it says you know I think the the big message if you if you only heard one thing from this entire article, if you read through it, if maybe you didn't read through, it, but if you want like a TLDR that is just one bullet point, it's essentially that there is a rumored potential Overwatch 2 release date that is quarter two next year. Yes. Some uh some more validation to a lot of the rumors I think we kind of assumed regarding some franchises being a little uh dis disavowed, let's say. Um and what the market looks like in terms of buying. But buying a franchise slot, that is. Uh, but outside, yeah, I would say that for the majority, I would say the positives outweigh the negatives. Um, and we'll obviously get into that. But I think there's a lot more to a quarter two release than I think people are kind of initially uh, taking at face value, let's say. Just your initial thoughts on the article and just like the general contents. We'll, we'll break down a little bit more piece by piece some of the more interesting stuff in a bit. But right. overall... Yeah, I think, like, once again, like, that was just so much information on so, so many different um, topics that were covered. I think um, that it, it's even to the point where there's so much that we're probably not t discussing a, a lot about the important topic. Like, 
there were like four or five topics in there that yeah um it was packed on any given week on normal overwatch league week would be also the talk of the town right and now we are focusing of course the most important news which is i mean the the um the release date which yeah i, I mean basically it's before summer implying like possibly late quarter two um mm -hmm. and that this has been a process that just like um has been suggested to the dev team that this needs to happen during that time window i agree with that time window being necessary um just because it probably wasn't going to be feasible uh to have it much do much longer um there are big question marks for me how this will roll out though because in terms of like mm -hmm. the competitive integrity how you even build a team how you um, remain interest uh, throughout that time there's so many question marks and as we heard like n not much is decided yet that is something that they're discussing um there's going to be an owners meeting uh, according to the article tomorrow um so right. yeah I, all of that is um generally speaking more positive also for me than i an anticipated um just getting an exact date so tomorrow obviously depending on when you watch this episode yes. uh, tomorrow when we say tomorrow we're talking about thursday september the 2nd is when the owners meeting is supposed to take place according to the article so i think generally focusing in on the release date for or at least the, the rumored release date or the implied mm. release date you're focusing on that topic before we move on anywhere else and maybe even talking around that in terms of the implications um i think it's generally widely accepted that the initial response from the metro leak and we can well whatever his thing was whether it's um any any bit accurate or not maybe it's completely inaccurate but the the community response is that if a watch 2 were to be released in 2023 that would be awful and i'm not just talking about competitive overwatch players i'm not just talking about people in the league people that work around it like myself or like my colleagues i'm talking about even just like the casual player reception is that that would be awful um people that i know that stream this game that just enjoy casually playing this game um they also would really find it to be pretty bad if the game came out in 2023 and it did not mm. come out next year so i think it was very clear across the board unanimously that the game kind of needs to come out next year because 2023 would be just ridiculous right so there was the initial you know talks and rumors about you know maybe the end of 2022 maybe you know quarter th quarter four quarter late quarter three who knows something like that quarter two is quite a shift up even from there and let's be clear about something that probably is like i don't know if that's like i don't know if there's a hard uh, uh, date set in stone it probably isn't I'll, I'll i will guess and speculate that the room in quarter two timeline is more of like here's a target and i wouldn't be surprised that target maybe got pushed back maybe it's like uh, but it's still not quite there maybe just a couple things need tweaking gets pushed back to like early quarter quarter three i wouldn't be surprised but that would still be earlier than like the late quarter three early quarter four or quarter four generally speaking that the original you know rumors from beforehand were kind of talking about so it's still an improvement in that regard and the um uh, the feature lock part of that article we're talking about the fact that activision blizzard basically came down into team four and said feature lock the game we need to ship this game here's the timeline I'm fairly certain, and maybe someone else can talk on this as well, that uh, mm. the whole feature-locking thing is the internal milestone that got brought up in the quarterly earnings call. Mm. Uh, 
break that down a little bit because maybe I'm misunderstanding. So in the quarterly earnings call for Activision Blizzard, mm-hmm. they specifically stated publicly that Overwatch, the Overwatch team had reached a, signif- a, a important, significant internal milestone for the development of ah, Overwatch Two. Okay. But they didn't detail. They didn't specify or detail what that is. Right. Um. And my speculation is that internal milestone is that they had reached the point where they could feature lock the game. Whether that's from executives top down saying no more stop feature lock now or mm-hmm. that's the team itself saying we're going to feature lock it's probably more likely to be you know uh pressure from higher up saying you have to feature yeah. lock the game because otherwise you can scope creep the game forever right um yeah. a lot of people are now looking at that as saying like oh well this is clearly a bad thing because now we're going to get a half-baked game the game is not going to be ready um but that is somewhat of a valid concern but the alternative mm-hmm. to that is like, when is the game ever going to be ready? Do you want a 2023 yeah. release then? Because I, I just said unanimously, pretty much everyone agrees that you, you're, you, you, we can't wait for 2023 release. The game is just going to be, the game is sliding down a cliff currently as we're speaking, right, in terms of popularity and renown in the community and, and just everything um, for a number of reasons. So, yeah, like, you can't, you also just can't let this game scale and snowball in terms of scope creep until the end of time because then it's literally in development hell. There's a term for mm. this. Games that just never come out. So yeah, the buck's got to stop somewhere. It's probably better now than later. Like you said, uh, if, if it comes at any later, it'll be dead on arrival. Um, if anything, I think feature locking probably um, to take some grain of salt from what the rumor mill has churned out. Um, I, I would gather that maybe some of the heroes that they wanted to give some overhauls to some facelifts to probably didn't get the love that they uh will need on release but i'm sure that they or at least hopefully will be given that love as we progress into overwatch 2 um but what i see from this is news from or news on a beta coming out uh probably by the end of the year if i had to say um i don't think release wise Right, again, to be very specific, I think news on a beta, so whether that's initial reports or maybe even Blizzard coming out and saying, look, like we're going to start putting out beta tests or maybe even hearing some some influencers and streamers talking about the game a little bit more, referencing maybe some play tests. Um, I, I think that's where we're going to start getting into like the initial hype building phase that I think companies go through for games that you know are, are as sizable as Overwatch. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely a blip that I haven't heard many people talk about, but I think it's worth mentioning that I think beta's on its way, not anywhere near, but it's coming. I'm not, I'm not sure, like based on how the article is phrased, mm-hmm. I, I'm, does it only imply that, the, uh, during that time, so quarter two, the, the game has to be ship ready or is that when theoretically a playable or highly playable beta could be released can i give you the wording on the article it says and i quote another source a member of franchise management also corroborated this version of events we've all been told that the aim is quarter two next year they've they informed us the timing of the release will factor in the league schedule because obviously they don't want to switch game versions in the middle of a season Okay, so um, that implies release, that, and, right? And, and, the, and the corroborated this version of events, the events that they're talking about is specifically uh, an internal Activision Blizzard source told Nick Soto this was incorrect and added that getting the game out as soon as possible is now higher priority. What is incorrect is the 2023 stuff. I'm going to stop backtracking here and just move on. Uh, the quote itself in terms of 
high priority release is we're more than aware we need to get it out they said so the word is the dev team has been told to lock in the features of the game sorry lock in the features the game has get it fixed and get it shipped we're looking to get it out before the summer of 2022 that that's the direct quote from the article so i think one thing i have some concerns about is mm. um just from the timeline that we all know it seems like i feel like the 5v5 idea specifically is something that wasn't wasn't specifically started to be designed in like 2017 when we started development on this game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's probably something that, I mean, we know it's, it's been part of, or I guess I, I pretend to know that this was something that they already uh, had in, during BlizzConline um, based on the footage that they showed us and barely ever, I only on one occasion, shown us a second tank playing against mm. each other. So I think they toyed with, around with that idea at the time, probably didn't feel too secure if they were actually going to release that because that's the perfect, like BlizzCon line would have been the perfect time to, um, mm. to release that information and give you some new content if you were confident that, we, that you were going to go forward with that. So that implies to me that this is more something that is towards the later end of like the, the features. Now... Is feature locking going to impact the refinement of the 5v5 for PvP specifically? I think so. I think it might. That's my fear. My biggest concern is that they don't get 5v5 right. Mm -hmm. Because that is, to me, more important, and maybe I have different priorities, more important than getting, let's say, the PvE right. Because yeah. they got more time to get the PvE right. Because, hey, okay, maybe a couple of things in PvE didn't go as well as planned. You could probably spend more time to fix that. You could probably release more PvE content. Stuff like enough PvE content as well, I think is, to, again, my priorities are heavily shifted towards PvP from mm. an uh, esports competitive point of view, even though I, I myself would like to play the PvE and I think I will quite enjoy the PvE. Sure. Um, if the PvP of 5v5 is not good, you are not going to draw back in significant competition and people that want to take this game seriously as a competitive game. Uh, because at that stage, what you have is a PvE, PvP that is not good and a PvE that is the focus. And now forever, like, this might as well just be not a PvP game. This might as well not be a competitive shooter. This might as well be any, like, player versus environment co-op shooter game out in the market, which of, there's plenty of. And not that there's anything wrong with that, because I personally enjoy and play a lot of those. But, mm. you know, forget about this being a good eSport, if, if that's what, what it ends up being. Yeah, I, I'm far more optimistic. I definitely understand where you're coming from, um, but I'm, I am significantly more optimistic in that regard. Not that they'll get 5v5 right. If anything, I'm very much in the boat that it's probably going to release pretty rough. Um, but my... My heart says we, we did release, we did launch this game with no hero limit. And that was a core feature. And that was built like just driven into our skulls consistently, even at the competitive side of things for a long time. I have before a point. Go ahead. Is that, uh, well, you can finish this if you want. I just wanted to. I mean, I, th I think you can kind of do the connect the dots. Like we have mm -hmm. gone through very messy states. I don't think this is going to be so much of a mess that it's going to drive people away. The counterpoint is, is that there was no historical evidence to look back on before that. For what I'm trying true, to say is like true. back and back in the whole no limits, there wasn't another Overwatch before that. We're like, oh, well, this is Agreed. what, this is, this is 
what my expectations are. You have no expectations. Mm. So coming into fresh Overwatch in beta or in like, you know, very early release when it was no limits, like there was not there was no point in comparison, like, oh man, two to two is so much better. I wish we had that again. No, that didn't exist yet. Yep. The problem now is that you will you will forever compare 5v5 to 6v6. Because yep. 6v6 is a thing that already exists and has existed for the entire duration of the game's life. And so that comparison to me doesn't work. Um, I th- whereas- it's definitely not a direct comparison, and I agree. It will 100% live in the shadow of 6v6 and constantly be scrutinized uh, because, under because that same Because there's guys. a thing to compare it to, whereas there's mm-hmm. no nothing to compare No Limits to. Because yep. Overwatch didn't exist before then, right? That's the and you're gonna to you're gonna have people very much adamantly against it. You're gonna have people uh, rationally criticizing the the inherent flaws that it's going to release with, and I wholeheartedly believe there are going to be some glaring flaws. Um, but I, I I stand pretty firm that this game has gone through so many just bizarre changes. Let's say. Um, that I think that people are willing to stick it through. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see it. Sure. It doesn't worry me that much. Let's say. I, I, I agree on that. And I agree that, yeah, yeah, this is, there's been a number of big changes. It's, it's not the fact that there is a big change, it's whether it can be executed on correctly. Cause I'm a big, mm-hmm. everyone, everyone should know I'm a big endorser of 5v5. I wasn't before. In fact, when Yiska had his whole 5v5 thing, and he's he ruminous he's like oh maybe the game's 55 i'm like that's ridiculous there's no other game can be <laughs> that would be that would be so stupid that would be such a bad move but i i grew into it and mm-hmm. believe it or not like you know you i can you can definitely switch sides yeah, I, I swap sides of the fence really quickly on that because mm-hmm. i discovered actually i think 5v5 has a lot of benefits um, but this is this is not a 5v5 discussion the point about all of this is that feature locking most likely impacts 5v5 development more than anything else okay so i that is the i I am i am all pro in terms of you know i i'm all for the feature lock because i think the game needs to be locked up and Mm -hmm. you need to get a release window out there because you can't just work on this forever you know ad nauseum but i unfortunately you know the the bit that is most impacted is probably the most important part i do have a solution and that is i do think beta helps a lot because Mm -hmm. the thing that will get this 5v5 balance great. The most difficult part about 5v5 is the balance of the characters. How does everyone play and interact in a 5v5 environment with two or less heroes overall? And the only way you can really grind through that to find the right solution is with a lot of gameplay, a lot of game time of various levels, professional, amateur, casual, whatever you want. Yep. And the only way to do that is through a beta, a long beta period, long a lot beta. of feedback. You need this beta out like, I want to say that's, January. That's what I'm, I'm saying. saying exactly. Yes. Um, at the I, end I, of this year. I think that, well, I, I, but even when I say, I say it needs to be January, I don't think it will be because no. I don't know that they can do it that soon. That's why I'm saying end of this year. Like, that sounds great, Joe, but I don't think they can do it that quickly, but they sure. need a long beta period to, to test out all these things. That's how you balance 5v5 and get mm-hmm. it ready for release. The, the problem is there's a gigantic marketing issue there because, okay, here's my fear, right? You not only. Do you think. Mm, Okay. You, dude, like if okay, one thing we absolutely hundred percently have to hundred percent, no questions asked, have to avoid, is uh-huh. for Overwatch two to launch, for our pro players to get the the game in their hands, and then the week after we're starting Overwatch League. Oh, of course, that yeah. is absolute oh, clown yeah, shoes. No way, no yes. way. Pants on head. That, you you can't do that. Now here's the problem. Unless this game is way further than in development than I personally believe. Okay. Whatever beta you're putting out, 
is going to not look or transport a message of confidence uh, that this game needs in terms of a good news cycle. Really? I, I don't think that that's, that, that's likely to be the case. Um, I think, like, the beta... Whatever beta you're putting out, if it's mm. not 100% polished at this point, it's, it's going to be torn, right? Um, I agree, but at that stage, you're just releasing the game. At that stage, there is no beta. You just release the game, because the only time it's going to be polished is the actual yeah. release of the game. Yeah. Right. But, okay, so... For various reasons, yes, we need a beta. We need a beta to figure, like, to have the inside of the most, um, like, knowledgeable people in, in terms of the PvP portion. And you need the best teams to compete against each other. And yep. you, you make that also attractive, which is, was another point of uh, Rich's article, which was um, to, that there's going to be made a push for third-party events. You're not mm -hmm. going to get anyone on for third-party events unless you're giving them beta access or yep. like Overwatch 2 play. Um, or you're, you're giving them assurances that they will be part of the pie later on. Which, by the way, would be a great idea, which we always advocated for. At some point, we will talk about how, like, go back to the 2017 podcast and say, see how 90% of the things we said was going to happen is exactly what happened. Like, everyone could have told you whatever is happening right now. Um, but... Yeah, generally speaking, like you need several months, not only for the game to be figured out, but for teams to figure out who is even good anymore. Like I had a tweet, uh, this tweet thread. Dude, if you think more than 30 players in this league will transition well into Overwatch 2, you're smoking good shit. It's not going to be the case. Tanks? Almost everyone is gone. Already... Name me the, 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 the guys that can actually surf the full hero pool at this point. Agreed. I 100% I agree. Now you're doubling their hero pool. Yep. And let's not forget, that's also another. Like, we're apparently launching with 40 heroes. Mm -hmm. That's eight Supposed more to be three than. Three added more. Than we, no, eight more than we currently have. We have 32 heroes. Yeah, County I don't, is like, I don't, dude, I don't think I believe four. that if I'm going to be coming. I, I mean, that's a developer. Why not? Uh, Why would you not believe that? Yeah. Now that I don't now know. think how much break changed this <laughs> I game. I, I hey I'm I now I'm you got with you. eight of I'm those guys, dude. Like I don't know where this game is going. Five v five. I don't know where this game is going. Like one hundred percent new yep. game mode. I don't know where this game is going. Right. I don't know what pushes. Yes, dude. There's, there's, like um, we know what pushes, I, but I I think like I'm confident that. Hyper flexible DPS players will transition well, and yes. probably hyper carries will uh, even have more say. We'll in have to refine them. But hyper, everyone hyper else's job, any anybody will transition mm -hmm. well. You just need to be flexible. That, that's just dude, period. Full stop. Dude, you like if I'm a pro player, I'm getting like, I'm trying to get based on my reputation as a great flex support. Let's say, I'm trying mm -hmm. to get the two plus one at least next year. Yes, because. Dude, I don't know if I'm good in two years. Mm -hmm. Nobody can tell me what the game even is. I don't even know if I will like the game at that point. 100%. Can I love the game, Overwatch 1, the, uh, sorry, Overwatch 2 the same way I can love Overwatch, uh, t uh, sorry, can I watch love Overwatch 2 the same way I love Overwatch 1? Mm -hmm. I don't know. The game is 5v5 now. We're playing way, probably way more flanks. There's, um, 
There's new heroes in there. We know we sure. we basically switched from like heavy hit scan uh, dominated methods to to speed mobas uh, in 3D, um, sure. like from one season to another. This is the wildest esport to be in a pro player. In. I mm -hmm. like a zero, uh, like probably the hardest as well, and one of the hardest games. To yeah, be and then and then I would say. That, like if all of that wasn't wasn't already like a strenuous process. It's not that you can lift yourself up by your own bootstraps and just grind yourself into into being there. You gotta convince the gatekeepers that you're a good player. Mm -hmm. That's okay. another thing. Like, I don't know if the general managers in the Overwatch League will be able to adapt as quickly to the uh, no, they're not or the head coaches in order to see who is actually going to hold up into Overwatch Two. None of this makes sense. We need. We need half a year or something to figure this out so, accurately. Now, of course, nobody's going to care. Generally like, beta. Generally beta like into, into owners and like um, and like people from the game and mm -hmm. people from the league ops. They will sit here, listen to the segment, just go. That's where we are. But that's not cool for two hundred fifty people working that job. It's just not cool. Like, think about how how much churn there was already. Um, in in Overwatch during the last couple of years, like this time, this feels like currently it feels like okay, our veteran players are holding up. Okay, maybe we have figured something out how to filter, and maybe we have the talent pool established now, or maybe we can't trade anyone because of COVID, or maybe we're hard resetting all that pro progress that we've uh, made in order to figure out how scouting works in this game. By mm. introducing 5v5, by introducing no game, by introducing eight new heroes, hopefully also adding up to six heroes a year. Or, like, well, I think you need six heroes a year to, in order to make this an exciting Fuck, game. That's a lot. Oh. Jesus Christ. One every two. Uh, yeah, that's. Like, heroes nah. are the content of this game. I, Three hey, years, not enough. I agree. I'm sorry. Not Can I be real with you? With you there. It's no longer the content of the game. The, the real content of the game is now just like more missions for PvE. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's be clear, that's the actual real yeah. content of the game that's going to be added in. Sure, but you're uh, not going to convince anyone to play PvP when a new PvE mission comes out. That's not how I, the play I can cycle tell you right. I can tell you right now that like if there's six eras coming out a year, I'm like overwhelmed. One every two. Yeah, it's terrible for like competitive. So many. It's terrible yeah. for competitive. It sounds like so fucking many. But dude, I'm I'm upset by how many agents come out in Valorant all the time. We're like, dude, there's way too many. They're coming but, out way too often. But we like um, th we we're never going to foster a love for a game the way we fostered uh, a love for CS, a love for um what other games are like Dota is not even part of that anymore because like we're changing a bunch of that as well like. You're mm. not, it's, there's never going to be a game, I'm convinced at this point, there's never going to be a game that you can just not change and everyone's just going to love whatever it is. Not even oh, CS yeah, is yeah. that way. This game, oh. CS would have also died if we didn't have skins during the time and revitalized yes. that and then also had a great uh, pro scene around that. Mm -hmm. It is like, whatever you think, like evergreen formulas don't exist anymore. Everyone is competing against novel stuff and absolute like churn level uh, development. You can hate it, but that's what the commuter comes, yes. consumer wants, and we've raised the commu consumer to want that. We're not mm -hmm. never going back. We need a development oh. cycle that holds up to to whatever competition, or I mean, we are going limit. to lose. There is a limit because you're not you're not releasing one hero every day, three sixty five heroes yes, a year. Of course, like, there is a limit mm -hmm. where like 
hey, even even the most content hungry people are like, hang on a second, slow the fuck down. I I haven't swallowed the last yeah, sure. hero yet. I'm still digesting, mate. I'm I'm full at yep. the moment. You know, I'm actually I can't eat this much. Yeah, you know, there's an appetite level. Yeah, you, you, there's a limit. So I'm not. I don't know what the limit is. Could be six heroes. Could be twenty heroes. I don't know what it is. But sure. like, uh, there is there's quite even there. Think about this. Overwatch for its entire history. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many heroes we get per per year. It was like three or something. Three was um, the rough. Um, we we got that. We got some maps. We got events and all that kind of good stuff. We got balanced patches, and then we had some big gameplay shifts like Roadblock two to two, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. We're talking about doubling. I, I think you're, you're you must you're either speculating you're speculating your scale or you're just like putting out a wish list that you you think it should be six heroes. That would be double the amount of heroes we used to get. On top of then developing PVE content, this is a yeah. lot of work, a, a gigantic amount yeah. of work. Like this is, I look. This sounds already way more than double the amount of work of what Overwatch One was as it was. Yep. So. It sounds one, like it sounds gargantuan. It sounds, sounds it sounds Fortnite like level work. Doable. Sounds league level work. You get the pattern. I would argue. I would argue <laughs> that league level of work is is actually not that high. Yeah, they have a lot of champions that come sure. out, yeah. but most is most of the, I I play league. Most of the content is actually skins and events, and then mm-hmm. they do one massive patch at the end of the year that does some sort of fundamental game update, and that's actually yeah. what I think. And introducing game update should be or characters. Introducing what? Sorry, characters. To the game yes they do that over the course of the year but I, I don't actually know how many they do per year um it's more than us it, for sure but i think well, it's yeah, more than six zero currently it feels like yes. more than six maybe it's six I'm i'll not google sure. it. it it does feel a lot but the, as, the you're, thing as is, you're kind of googling that here's, here's I wanna, the thing real quick okay. just to, yeah, to what's that specific specific yeah. point it doesn't matter that it's less effort to get a league hero out than an overwatch hero i, I didn't say that by the way I, no 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 i i'm not saying like you created a game where it's much harder. You have the demand to always have a story and whatever that is cohesive. You you need all the assets. You need to possibly like incorporate that long term into like whatever you want to create with that universe. But the le- way Leak is doing that decently as well. And yes, we have a three D like three D environment, and the interdependency of he- heroes are way more um, impactful for mm. things to consider than it is the case in League. That doesn't matter to the consumer. You can cry about that, but in the end, you need that amount of novelty creation in order to compete with the other games. Maybe it's less than six. Maybe it's just three. I I, I disagree that three would be enough. Um, nobody cares about maps. I think in, well, in terms of three and a half. Yes. Nobody nobody cares about maps. I think people will care about PVE, but that's another yes. topic for another day, which yeah, we've yeah. gone I over mean, that's, quite a bit. That's that's the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I I once like may, maybe that's something that we will eventually have to discuss where someone needs to explain oh, to me the how, way, how the content pipeline of PVE informs pl- uh, PVP. Hundred uh, percent. But There's something yeah. that you, we've completely we've completely missed, by the way, and that's that every single new hero that comes out actually impacts PVE. Yeah. Because now that hero has to interact with the PVE yes. as well. The PVE balance is is shifted from the interact yep. interaction yeah, new skill like, tree. This is why like. This is why, like, six heroes a year just sounds dangerous. I, I don't see it possible, like, but at the same time, like, if you want people to be interested in, like, it's not going to happen. Let's let's say, like, three is possible, um, but yes, I, that, but then it will just shift to PvE. Are we just going to have, like, what's it, what's it called in... Um, uh, Describe it. In World of Warcraft, the dungeon run. 
uh speedrun uh, mids yeah the uh the msi or the uh mdi mdi like dungeon invitational yeah, yeah, yeah. you uh, will 100 percent. you will what if that's bigger than the overwatch league it won't be but they, they won't get let more content be. they in some ways yes, yes, yes they yes, get yes, more yes, content it, it won't be and it can never be it can't because be. It will, they won't let it be, be the, no, no no not even warzone shouldn't be that can't be bigger than <laughs> call of duty it on, can on, never on, be and we're no, never no, going hang, no. let's, hang on let me let me actually say agree, my point let me actually say my point but joe it doesn't even have to get that far the mm. reason it will never be is because you don't have co-op pve in and of itself attracts casual players not there's any problem with that you are not going to get enough competitive players in the pve to even get that far so forget about like oh they won't let it happen so, bro they don't need to do anything they could just sit back like hands behind their fucking heads and just don't even care about it just lounge out because there's just not going to be enough competitive interest in the pve to even get that far in the first place um anyway we, Someone we put it in this. i'm predicting that this this is a very real possibility that uh much more oh, bigger it's not a zero percent chance but it's just i think it's, it's more likely small. to happen than not um that i would disagree with there's that. there's going to be vastly more people playing the pve portion and I think I there's yeah, vastly, the for vast, instance, and the vast majority of them will not care about trying to play that competitively. Yes, yes. just like but they will watch. Overwhelmingly the, vast. Yeah, I mean, I I think like the comparison from between Warzone and Call of Duty League is pretty uh, apt here. Like, Warzone's ton of people a PVE game. Yeah, but it's different. You're yeah, but it's a casual PVE game, and the viewership numbers of like if you have like streamers comp competing in that and have like the, those tournaments. They just shit on CDI, uh, yeah, right? I, I, hundred percent. And well, like, 100%. if if you had about battle royale, battle royale is an established genre with like huge popularity from Fortnite and PUBG before that. Yeah. We're talking about like Overwatch PVE right. is like Left 4 Dead. What is the what is the genre? That's like the genre is Left 4 Dead. You're comparing a battle royale to this. It's, we're not even in the same ballpark, they, mate. The comparison, the better comparison, I think you aptly pointed out, was MDI. And while it is like its own community of like hardcore PVE people, it does get some viewership, but it's not as big. Um, actually, I don't know if it's as big or if it's not as big. If, That's if Overwatch, if Overwatch had its own battle royale, yeah. then I might agree with you, Yeska. But I, I don't. You're telling me a Left 4 Dead PVE game mode in, in Overwatch Two is going to be they're going to be like competitively. I, I think we will have races for world firsts when, sure. when yes. that thing very, comes out. Be very and these are all yes, going to be bigger than eventually than Overwatch. Getting, this is very off topic though, because it's got nothing to do with the Tixerto article. Okay, one so, one thing I wanted to criticize or at least point out um with with Yiske's argument going into Overwatch 2 and how much it's going to be different. Um looking at the gatekeepers and trying to appease them, right? It's impossible. We can agree to that. I think everybody yeah. at this, you know, metaphorical round table agrees with that. So trying to, and I'm not attacking the scope of how many players you think will be removed. Obviously you said like the 30 player mark, you know, that's maybe a, a, a charitable um, estimate on how many people will be left. But you like the if we agree that the coaches and GMs don't know what this game's going to be, what do you think they're going to base their uh, information off of what they have in front of them? Right. What the history that they have in front of them. So, yes, while I think there are some people that are going to be left by the wayside, some people who aren't going to like the game, I do not think it's plausible or maybe maybe call me pessimistic, but I don't trust these GMs enough and I don't even think it's their fault 
because this is such a new game. No, no, it's there's not going to be a lot of turnover. Very true. It's, it's not, not their, their it's not their fault at all. Yeah. Like it's okay to be ignorant in that sense. Everybody's going to be ignorant. Yes. So you're going to bleed over a lot of people. You're going to have a lot of turnover. Or there, not a lot of Probably. turnover. You're not actually so, going to have too many turnovers. Yes. What what I mean is like there will be thirty players that transition well into Overwatch two. Yes. There and will I be a hundred players or so that will actually transition into Overwatch two, and it will be clown shoes for that reason. Just like how it was clown shoes in season one. Right, they're going to yes. be growing pains 100%. We're have to, we're going to have to learn how to create that eye um, test again. I mean, it's it, going to be I, a little rough, and it'll grow. I, if you I don't know, it's going to be that bad. If you think this season was the most competitive season ever in terms of like the qualities of teams, especially in the North American region, I agree with you. You're if you're if you enjoy that, you're not going to find it in Overwatch League season five. Do you want? Do you want to hear a hot take? Uh, I think we're getting. I, I I think the the rise of the streamer pickup for Overwatch Two is going to come back. Yes. Why is that a hot take? Uh, I I think there are very there are there are a lot of people who are like so indoctrinated into the Overwatch League now, and they're a very vocal minority. To be fair, uh, that they're going to shout down a lot of the like big streamer pickups that return that are very popular. Just like how they did in season one, obviously, I think. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. No, that is a hot take. No, I'm sorry, my bad. That is actually a hot take. Uh, you know what I mean? I like, yeah, yeah. The, the seagulls, the mendos, the IDDQDs coming in. Uh, they're no, they're big. I, I actually disagree. I that's I I think yeah, you, you, well, you admit it was a hot take, and I agree. Uh, but no, I don't think the teams will because the the teams still actually want to win. Um, so sure. no, that's not going to happen. So I don't think it's going to be a clown show. Actually, I, I think you're you're gonna we're gonna prune out a lot of players. Okay. But what's left should be pretty good still. And mm -hmm. if there's a long enough beta period where teams and players can get used to the game and find out what Ideally. works and who's actually good, then that's going to be fine. Uh, we, we're going to talk okay. about something that's kind of related right now. So, I can, sure. so we can actually move stuff along and actually talk about the other stuff that we have on board at the moment. But the specific quote that I want to bring to attention in the Dexero article mm. is in relation to how this is going to impact next season's Overwatch League. We kind of talked a little bit in minor details about that and players transitioning over, but in terms of teams, um, the whole bit of this article that was quite interesting in, re in regards to that is, let me just bring it up. Um, here it is. It's, so w we already mentioned there was going to be an ownership meeting stated to next, slated to take place on Thursday, September 2nd. Um, that's where they hope that plans for the league will be decided upon. Um, and there's a lot of quote the article now. However, it won't be as simple as making a decision about dates. There are multiple factors at play, ranging from existing contact contracts, potential delays in Overwatch 2's developments, and further pandemic protocols. We need to make a decision before October because that's what we do. That's when we do player contracts. A member of franchise management explained. Typically, players are on one-year deals that run October to October. If players don't have anything to compete in until the middle of next year, then the thought is, why should we fit the salary bill for a stunted season? Renegotiations are going to have to take all this into account. So, end quote. So that is um, essentially the problem then becomes, well, depending on when the next season actually starts, pretty much all players go into free agency, don't they? Or like maybe they get, maybe they get retained on if you really want to keep your player. But realistically speaking, there's going to be a long enough break between the end of this season and the next season starting on the release date, that uh, contracts are going to be a bit of an issue. 
Yep. There's, I think, again, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of tangential things to unpack from that. Um, obviously, the league does not want to be stunted as long as, you know, it, it perhaps could be. Uh, obviously, if reports are true and we do get a quarter two release and maybe the projections for beta are a little less uh, optimistic than what I'm giving them, I still think there's room to have, like the report mentions, third-party tournaments run outside of the league itself to act as a buffer or to help bridge the gap. I think it's uh, nearly like... The, I think this is probably one of the worst kept secrets that like there's going to be something outside of the league happening before 2022 season. I mean, we've yep. had third party tournaments before. I mean, that's not a that's not a new thing. The but thing yeah. is, yes, yes, we had that. And the thing is, this was the pitch to people. I think Monty was very vocal about the fact that mm -hmm. like this league was conceptualized as in you could have the franchise league and then in the offseason third party uh, tournament organizers would be able to also Correct. host games yep. around this that and, was the pitch yes and that we never delivered upon that I, I mean maybe there wasn't an, an interest because like at, at that point it's sort of like picking scraps for for those third party tournaments you got to make them a yep. good deal like yep. yeah and i mean those assurances need to be uh, amazing now it is kind of a good situation for Blizzard in the sense that for third-party tournaments, I don't think it's easy out there at the moment in terms of finding games. Like, the the, the Valve games that are very good for you to run as a third-party tournament because, like, they're usually hands-off and you, you can run your product. You have to mm. re-coordinate very little, um, as my understanding comparatively to, like, old productions of other esports. They are running out of steam. Like, Dota 2 and... Uh, Cisco don't have like they arguably are dropping out of tier one um sometime soon, I would think think in terms of viewership. Like it's it they're not peaking at this time. They're definitely sure, in the sure. in decline viewership rise, right? Mm -hmm. Um you're not going to get much from Riot in that way. Yeah, like yes, mm -hmm. as currently Valorant works that way, but they even have there they have started their That'll change. Um yeah their own uh, circuits. We don't know what's going on with franchising there. So who, which games are you going to pick up? And an assurance by a Blizzard game to, especially one that, I mean, we all assume that, and I think it's, it is, it is makes a lot of sense to think Overwatch 2 will at least initially be a huge smash mm -hmm. hit. Um, that's a good opportunity, but you got to be willing to give more, up more of the pie. You yes. just got to make that's assurances. I don't know, like, it's heartbreaking, especially, like, think, think of organizations like, for instance, TakeTV, who have supported this scene, have once again offered their, uh, their ability. Like and fucking of course, OGN. OGN, yeah. I mean, okay, OGN is no more, sadly, but, um, yeah. like, these are, it's, it's just very, I mean, OGN is probably, by the way, the, one of the best examples of just not being able yeah. to have access to the best uh, or to games that could help them sustain them, themselves due to uh, mm -hmm. developers wanting more and more of a cut. So, like, letting loose there is just going to increase your pie and arguably is going to make you more money. And, by the way, also, I mean, there's like 15 podcasts we, in 2017 where we said exactly that. Nobody mm -hmm. learned anything of the last four years. 
none of the guys who hypothesized any differently uh, had any good arguments at the time as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, really um, interesting how they make it palatable. Because, for instance, face it, throughout Overwatch history, has repeatedly tried to get in on the pie and has like poked around. Maybe we, they can uh, do something like pro pugs. That type of stuff. They were they were in contact and it was always shut down. So, ah, mm -hmm. uh, you gotta you gotta come to the table with a big pie in order to get those guys on. Once again, granted, like with the with the um, realization that these guys also will need like a bigger uh, thing, right, for them to work. I think I, that is. Go ahead, Avril. I, I hate you guys, by the way, because I said a topic and then we just go off it. Uh, no. <laughs> um, okay, but it's kind of related. It's kind of related to the whole contractual mm -hmm. thing because we're talking about the fact that, okay, well, maybe third-party events can, you know, can placate a little bit. We can we yep. can sort of tide it over third-party events, specifically in the article, to give context to this, um, is... I quote, the report states the Overwatch League is assessing its options for 2022, including a potential extended off-season following the 2021 season and interim events that could include non-season-based tournaments amid the uncertainty of the release calendar for Overwatch 2. Spectre did not react to his report. What's funny, the source said, is that there's also a strong likelihood these events are run in partnership with all the third-party operators we've isolated ourselves from over the first game's life cycle. We're hoping the excitement around Overwatch 2 is significant enough that they are willing to be let bygones be bygones. Um, first of all, I, I can speculate that that's pretty easy to do because I think everyone wants to make money. And if there was an opportunity for a third party to profit off this, oh, they would. Because Overwatch 2, mm -hmm. I agree, Yiska, in theory, should be a banger. It should drop. It should be a. It should be incredibly good on, on release, at least in terms of popularity. And everyone wants a slice of that pie. If you're a third party operator, you want to... You want to dig in and get some viewership and you want to get some sponsorship and you want to get some yeah. revenue out of this, right? So th the whole part, like, oh, we hope, you know, the party operators that we didn't work with in the past want to work with us, want to work with us now. Like, yeah, they will. That's pretty easy to answer. Um, <laughs> that being aside, though, I, when we talk this whole discussion of like sharing the pie a bit more, um, I think that should that should extend around the entire competitive overwatch landscape yep because the biggest problem for me and this comes from someone that's worked at all levels of the overwatch spectrum in terms of mm. tier one tier two tier three is like you don't really work in tier three that's done tier three is that like in my opinion everything outside of overwatch league would be in better hands and would be in a better place in terms of you know uh, accessibility if it were done entirely through third parties. Mm -hmm. and that's not to speak negatively of contenders. I think the contenders program has been good. What it's tried to do has been very positive. Um, uh, Overwatch contenders events have peaked in 2019 where some of the, the best Overwatch events we've ever had. Sure. League otherwise has been, you know, through through content, the contenders program, it's done a great job. Academy teams have been good. I think there is a there is a world and a place for that to continue as more of an academy league or an academy system mm -hmm. rather than like everyone has to do this. Um, but really to me, it's like, there's a, there's an entire world out there for third parties to play in. If they, if, if like everything below Overwatch League was now completely open to third parties, because I think that's the thing that Blizzard would like to say for themselves as the tier one. Of course. Um, and even when we talk about third party events as well, if you think about what third, third party events have existed for Overwatch League level tier one level, it's like Shanghai Masters, 
run by NetEase, mm. who distribute Overwatch and Blizzard products uh, games in China as well as own the Shanghai Dragons. And then I think there was the Steel Series tournament. I don't now they are truly third parties. Yeah. I don't think they have any other interest within the Overwatch League, right? They're not like NetEase. Um, there was the LA Valiant event as well, um, and that's about it. So they're, they're mostly events tied to existing, you know, connections to the to the Overwatch League itself in the first place. I'd be interested to see if they would let third parties actually access that level of competition, because uh, I think the dream would be like old school in League of Legends when you'd have your entire League of Legends season, and the, at the end there'd be IEM as well. Now, look, there were problems with that as well because I think a lot of teams did say there was, you know, that's that's kind of too much and there's a bit of burnout. You don't want to play a full season, then play IEM at the end of the year. Um, and Riot kind of wanted to make that, just take it all within their own system because at the end of the day, every developer would love to just have full 100% control over their own product because that's how you get the most revenue and that's how you have mm-hmm. the most creative control, right? You don't want to you don't want to have to give that to third parties if you don't have to. Like, I fully understand why that's the decision. Um so I don't know if that would be interesting. I yeah, I, I would like to see third party massively opened up uh for all tiers. Big agree, hundred percent. And I think that not to get too uh detracted from this again, this at least in my mind, call me hopefully I'm getting the reference right, Charlie Day with the whole conspiracy tie board, you know, all the the, the points aligning, the the stars and the tea leaves and whatnot, but um this paints a very interesting picture when you look at the talk around uh the feeling around the franchises and and what they uh where they're at right we've we've definitely mentioned on the show this show that you know there's there's been a uh sour taste in a lot of uh, teams mouths i think it's very obvious um you know without naming names um and it was surprising to me that we didn't see a sale this season. Um, I will be surprised if we don't see a few sales by next season. But I think there of are... Of a franchise? Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. I, mean, I think we, we've basically bias, had right? them in... Yes, but I think that could... And funding. Shift. 100% both agreed. Um, but I think that could shift with a, a few things hitting right, but I don't want to completely jump into that but I think it has a lot to do with exactly what you guys have basically kind of laid the groundwork for um, opening up the third party scene, really kind of coming back to the people who we've rightly burned. Um, well, not rightly, but have burned. Um, and you know, how big overwatch two is going to be. Um, there's there, there is some positives there again, does this report for lack of a better word it, it it does shed a lot of positive light more so than negative ones and i think that it's very easy to get caught up in a lot of like negativity around like oh well everybody wants to sell and oh there's no buyers it's like well yes as of right now there isn't but when we look at the projections like they've like our two beautiful co-hosts have have laid out there there's some positives to at least hold on to will they pan out we'll have to see but at least there's something yeah. Closing thoughts on the uh, the the details within the article, Jessica, before we move on to the next topic. I think generally speaking, like from my position, um, that article, I mean, the, the I came away from it feeling positive about it, mm-hmm. mainly because um, the release date um, being sort of pulled up, um, there's still so many questions 
that need to be negotiated uh, there. It is very scary to me that we're sitting here like in September, two more months left on player contracts with mm. a gigantic game looming that could that has and will continue to siphon um, talent at all kinds of levels um, into into that game. And we got to we got to figure out a product that remains competitive and gives people a predictable future, right? Like uh -huh. these guys are giving us their best and most formative years. And mm. we, we are responsible towards like whoever is basically putting everything in to have great or good answers f for them involved in order to with confidence say I'm going to continue my pro player career or my casting career or my team staff career or my whatever it is at all levels mm -hmm. in Overwatch and mm -hmm. at best we'd we'd have the the answer uh, already on the table right and uh, but totally. we don't and I understand that we can't maybe due to the limitations of I mean corona as well um, mm -hmm. we haven't even really tested the premise of this league in terms of the the localization, even though I've always been an impo uh, or someone that didn't believe in that, I think if you were okay. to now take that budget and develop a metaversal like arena for each team, you're probably going to be way more ahead of the the curve than a, uh, any other developer, for instance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, bottom line is, I think overall, what what was in that is generally positive for the community because a lot of the stuff that is hush-hushed about uh, is now part of the public discourse. So great job on that article as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the overall takeaway has to be positive. I think there's, there are potentially some concerns in there that we listed out, but overall takeaway should be positive. I mean, there's a lot of... Like, we just spent the last, I don't know how long, 50 or nearly an hour on some stuff regarding maybe speculations and some stuff that may even not be fully relevant i mean we'll see but at the end of the day like i mean i'll just speak for myself here but you know this this needs to kind of be this has to be the promised land right this mm -hmm. is going to be the this is this is going to be the the final destination in a way um i would personally hate it if we we arrived at overwatch 2 and then they started working on overwatch 3 like no please Ugh. let this be the live service game it's meant to be yes and just stop and just just do it turn this is like i okay Destiny, I'm going to use this weird example. Destiny Two is is the the Destiny game. There should never be a Destiny Three. You, you Destiny Two should just be the game mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. In the same way, Overwatch Two should just be the game forever yes. now. Yeah. Um. But beyond that, as well, is like what we need at the end of the day is like everyone would just love a game that we can play ad nauseum until the end of time, hopefully. Um. And cherish and love and work and for the rest of time as well. Because if you're a pro player, you don't want to feel like you're you're in dead water here like everything everything you do doesn't matter and that that extends to everyone that works around the esport of uh, of this game because unfortunately like the people that can that have the hardest time moving away and transitioning are the people that are most tied to overwatch and these are like if you're a pro player here like yeah you maybe you could go to valorant but it might not work out plenty of plenty of those transitions didn't work out and, and some of them have but those are few and far in between um as a caster is definitely it can be hard as well i mean yeah definitely you can cast more than one title but ideally the the dream would just be to do your Got one game full time that's your yeah. home that's your that's where you live and that's yep. it and then you just you just keep doing that like i i want this to be like how traditional sports are maybe this is a pipe dream 
where like yeah if i work in the nfl i can work there for life and that's it like yeah yeah boom that that, that should be what those plays as well they have a, they have a full career ahead of them but however long that's meant to be but you can just but by the way uh, keep going sorry if you, if is, you... yeah that, i think that's like that's the promise line that's like i think that's everyone's dream in any game really yeah and um yeah it's just this the entire situation over the past few years has just been like you know the the negative tempity around it everything going south and going sour dropping off a cliff yeah, I, it's just been um it's pretty bad i i mm. don't want to i don't want to open another topic side topic but i think i believe in that being a thing in overwatch like if you want my if you want i think the, the first stepping stone of that what you just described and having a live service game and whatever is when i see the monetization model for overwatch 2 and Hopefully they're looking at Valorant because whatever they're doing, like you can be as idealistic as you want with like the skin boxes and like the, them not being predatory and whatnot and the kids and whatnot. At the, the end of the day, like Valorant is not really exploiting anyone in, in that they just have no. dope ass skins that people just drop ridiculous amounts of money on. They're arguably the best skins uh, in any game. And if once we have these types of microtransactions that don't take any competitive uh, impact or don't have any competitive inter impact on the game that people really want and can financially sustain the development of this game like to infinity, that's when I, I go, oh, all right, boys, <laughs> like easy. So this is, now I can lean back and believe that this game is going to be around in 10, 15 years. And... They need mm -hmm. to be a little bit more heavy-handed and fast with how they approach, you know, balance and stuff like that. Because you know you can't have a repeat of goats. They, these have to be lessons that are learned. Yeah, um, and they. Yeah, are. I think they've put in some levies. I think. I, mean, I think. I think Blizzard know that they kind of messed up with the uh, monetization because you know they probably do look at other games with MVSIs like shit. We could be making a lot more money off yeah. uh, off mm -hmm. their skins or their their microtransactions. Uh, and yeah. Overwatch is unfortunately. Too, I can't believe I'm saying this, but too generous. Yeah, no, they, most, it really is, time. right? That's like a weird thing to say, right? Because because mostly, if you're a player, you would love it. You would love it that the game was generous to you. Yep. But that's actually mm. bad for the health of the game in terms of the development. Yep. Um, so there's a, there's a balance there where like the the player should feel like they're being rewarded, but the 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 the, the, the development needs to keep churning through revenue as well. So there's a definitely a balance there. Uh, for us, whether I think the Valorant skins are a bit expensive, I, I haven't really bought any, but they I know are, plenty yeah. of people who do. Are, yeah, so it's it's yeah. successful. It's not. I'm I'm probably not the the market they're targeting, but they're taking somebody's money. Um. So yeah, I think this is a big reset button. I think Overwatch has needed a big reset button for a long time in various factors: gameplay, yeah. monetization. Um. Wouldn't be. I I think there's a there's a strong possibility that this game is going to be free to play for the PvP and the PVE content will be paid, and that's part of the monetization as well. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a high chance that this can be the game that will lead us to the promised land. That's, that would be the hope. I I think we need to end that topic there, though. Otherwise, mm. we're going to spend the entire yes. podcast on there. As um, the next thing we'll talk about now, and we probably don't have quite as long to talk about this, so this is going to have to be shorter than, than previously planned, um, is the other big, big, big news that came through was that due to COVID-related uh, consequences, LAN playoffs have been cancelled. So live events for the playoffs in Arlington, Texas, and LA for the finals have unfortunately been cancelled, and the rest of the season will shift to the online model again, where North American teams will travel to Hawaii, 
and play against the APAC teams who are currently still in in Asia. Mm. Um, and part of that is just difficulty in traveling. I'll let you guys get your thoughts in on that, but it's I think Chengdu were the, one of the teams that actually said something about the difficulties regarding traveling. Like it's just yeah. hard for them to enter the country. And there's no a, flights. A, a, and there's um even beyond that, like there's there's a lot of risks involved as well. I, I you know, there's mm-hmm. there was a rumor I heard that where like if you contract COVID in the United States, like you can't even go back to China until a certain period of time. There's a lot of complications there. Um, and people, I think people underestimate how difficult it is to secure international travel. Uh, the big yeah. example people use is like, oh, why don't you just do what Riot did? How come Riot can do it? Bro, they did that. They planned for that months in advance. I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying they obviously didn't. Obviously, they obviously plans were kind of foiled because the plan was to go to Texas and to go to Arlington. But once that's foiled, it's not like we can just go to Iceland tomorrow. You can't, you can't mm. make that happen in two weeks. But um, uh, I mean, right, kind of did, didn't they? Like they, they also were planning to go to China, time. and then, I mean, they they also knew how it's going, uh, yes. or like how that works. But they also did it the first time initially, you know. Like I'm not gonna pretend like I know all the logistics behind it, but I, yeah. I'm trying to give some benefit of the doubt to the no, no, it, it is like it's not that easy. But yeah, no, it, it really isn't. Like let let me like I looked into this. It is like you have one option, and it's not economically feasible. Like, you can mm-hmm. probably buy private jets or whatever and fly. Like, you <laughs> right. sum everyone up in, in China. You get, like, a, a, a flight for everyone there. I, I don't think even a private jet would be enough for that. It would be ridiculous, the cost, right? Like, that point just raised the price money. Um, so that, that doesn't make sense. I think, I think there might have been better uh, options because there is a problem of competitive integrity spawning from uh, that decision. Yeah. Um. So, I, I also think that every choice, legitimately, like every choice that entails Paris Eternal, to have to hire a completely new roster where they to come to play-ins, is yeah. instantly off the table. Mm-hmm. If there are other choices, and a team can doesn't have to rehire their entire roster just for the playoffs, then that is a better choice. No other like uh, discussion need to be had. That is such a that is such a showstopper of a yeah. uh, situation. Like, what is going to? Can you then sign a, another Overwatch League uh, team? Are you are you even allowing Paris Eternal to play in the planes in the first place? Um, or do you just pull Florida up? How does that feel if they yeah. can't compete when they're just because of their location? Um, <laughs> Agreed. It, all of that is so unsatisfying. There must be a better solution. And I think uh, Brad, for instance, suggested one. Um, what, uh, uh, what, what was the idea? I think it, it was something where I, I think they, they wanted to play West Coast and then the ping is like 160 for everyone, which is like playable for everybody like pelican played on 170 and that worked 240 is the problem once again sorry it's playable for paris so we're saying that would be playable for i'm not sure what the solution was in the end Uh, i would have to look that up but there was it was a feasible way um where like you could basically have competition on 160 um which is not great like but, but the thing is here here's what you're weighing up you're weighing up the Nine, by the way, you're not getting 90 ping to Hawaii f- 
to to the uh, Asian teams. You're just not. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 110, 120, 130 against playing like 170 or whatever, um, and you're weighing on top of one team possibly not being able to compete whatsoever if they make right. Uh, playoffs, right? Yeah. Well, surely they just play on high ping. I, I mean, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's functionally that they can't play, yeah. but they would just have to play on ridiculous ping, wouldn't they? If, they, if we're talking about Paris playing against an Asian team where mm. because they're like on like the opposite sides of the world, um, it, it's like the highest possible ping difference. So I mean, what else can you do? I don't think there literally, there literally is no other option. It's not like Paris Eternal can get closer to either Hawaii or Asia. Let me quickly um, find this. So, in my mind, there just isn't a solution for Paris. They are simply gonna have to play on Omega Ping, like two hundred ping or something. It's completely bad. Yep. And their season will probably be over because of it. Sadly. Um. But I don't. I do not see another option. I don't know what else you can do. No. And as much as there may be like uh, marginal upgrades to the choice made, uh, I I also put a lot of weight on the fact that they already have done some legwork, finding a location in Hawaii, finding a partnership that works, having you know a a protocol that already has been tested and tried, and it does. Barring some uh, minor blips regarding Atlanta maybe getting there and having their flight delayed and getting there late, uh, it does work for the most part. Um, so I, th- especially last minute, we don't know what we can do. It, it makes a lot of sense to me that they go with Hawaii. Okay, so I found the comment. Um, okay. And it's a Reddit comment by Sefi, and he basically mm-hmm. says, For everyone saying that this is the right decision, consider the following. Most of the teams were fully able to make it to Texas. And for those that couldn't, playing with Minlats 160, so he, he's talking about the, the uh, ping feature where everyone is now playing at one, uh, 160, right? The yep. server accounts for that, on West Coast. And Minlat 90 for Paris, Minlat 0 for LAN attendees, would have yielded better uh, matches overall. As it stands now, if Paris qualifies, they can't play at all and will have to sign an emergency roster to compete in their slot. The decision to do uh, Hawaii once again puts the APAC teams at an unfair disadvantage over the Western teams. They get to use their own PCs, desk, chairs, sleep in, in their own beds, no travel fatigue, uh, exist comfortably in their own home facilities. At the very least, the teams in Asia should be made to travel within their own countries and play on a fresh setup at an office or something to even the playing field for the sake of competitive integrity. Now, I will say, if there's a... A location they could travel to for the sake of making the ping better, then that should probably be done if if you can do mm-hmm. so safely. Just to yeah. have them relocated just for the sake of also putting them through travel seems a little silly to me. Um, yeah, and then of course, it like also, it also won't happen because of cost because that costs somebody money. Yes, I'm just not gonna like, and if it costs the teams money, it, it's, it will instantly be shot down. If it costs the teams money, the response is the Asian teams will just say. Nah, sorry, Brad. Not gonna happen. Yep. Not gonna pay that. You, they'll say, "Oh, you can, you can, you can foot the bill, Brad, if you want us to do that." That, that will be the response. What I will um, say is also a, a pretty, pretty disappointing about this because my understanding is that none of the NA teams were consulted about this, um, at least no. 
Maybe it okay. happened at ownership level. I don't think it happened. Uh, it trickled down to the players or uh, even head coaches or general managers. Um, mm. While what we heard from, from the Asian uh, region was that they even consulted with the parents of the players whether or not um, they would be fine having their children t uh, travel over to uh, North America. Now, mm. that seems very unequal in, in the... Um, in the ability to influence the decision with arguments. Um, and I don't like that. I also think that while there is no perfect competitive integrity uh, to be found or a solution, I do think like APAC had pretty big advantages this season, generally speaking. Yeah, of course. And I think that there's something to be said. I know you guys, like Americans, just love for the playoffs to be the end, be all, end all. In my opinion, the the um, the winner of the season won't be determined by the grand finals winner, but so it doesn't matter to me um, if the grand finals are therefore a little bit less fair for the APAC teams because in aggregate, like if you're achieving fairness there, then mm. I can weigh those up against each other. And if Dallas wins the grand finals because of that advantage, then they were like. Slightly better than Shanghai that season. It's very easy, right? So mm. I understand that this is not your value structure, and you think like lucking out once in your life is all it takes to be deserving of big victories. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't. Uh, that I, that's a that's a very large. Uh, yes, I agree. Culturally, lots of things around that to support it. Um, playoffs and traditional sports in, uh, in the States, definitely very much uh, to what you say. Um, but I think esports uh, ad nauseum as a whole has an issue regarding uh, playoffs and how we treat those and how, what kind of sanctity that should uh, bring. Um, but that's a very, very large topic. I just don't, I just don't know that there is a solution. I mean, no, I don't, but the, okay, let's, consider, let's consider that the most ideal thing to do if there was zero COVID, is that we both all the teams travel, all eight teams travel somewhere, so everyone has to travel. They mm -hmm. all play on land. It's all great. It's a, it's a fantastic thing. Um, but failing that, we could have done something like last year, where all the teams go to Korea and they play on minimum latency. Zero, they're not on land, but they're on like very even ping. But unfortunately, there's I don't know if there's enough time to get that done because these again people yes. people that don't travel or that don't have a good concept of how traveling works do not they underestimate how fucking crazy and difficult it is to yeah. work through visas especially during a global pandemic but visas were apparently not the issue that uh the general okay. manager said v visas visas plus traveling it all combined as an flights, umbrella yeah. it's the, the net umbrella of all travel which includes yeah. logistics visas everything everything so not just visas i just started with visas but it includes yeah, of course now yeah. um so it's not like we could just go. It's not like we could just go to Korea either. I, I assume. Mm. I assume we can't just go to Korea. Otherwise, that should then be the next option. Um, I assume the option is that basically what it is is that teams in North America probably can't leave North America, and teams outside of North America can't enter North America. Therefore, we're going to have to go back online. Um, I mean, and really, if we that's it. That's that's all we can do. If you don't do that, you yeah. just don't have the playoffs. You just don't have a final. Oh, okay. Um, like. I agree with you from the standpoint of I, I was just hired into the league office and now I have to make a decision and that's a problem. 
What I like, what we real have to realize is that past decisions directly impact our ability to uh, come to satisfying conclusions. I.e., what if we had better relationships to third-party tournaments? And could, for really? instance, us and, and ESL, well, what about that Cologne Lanxess arena that's currently pretty like empty because nobody is really like confident hosting those there? Like, is we venue the problem. Uh, okay, travel uh, whatever. I think it's a problem. But, but yeah, I mean, travel to Iceland is apparently be, uh, possible on a dime to turn around in terms of travel, right? Like, mm. um, Berlin is possible. That would have been something. Like, they de determined that that was going to be the most likely safe uh, uh, location for that to take place. So, like, mm -hmm. let's not pretend that we didn't theoretically, in the makeup of this lead, at some point, through not like rationalizing everything away that doesn't immediately make us money, the most money and the most ownership of the entire product of Overwatch hasn't impacted our mm -hmm. ability to um, now sort of uh, react to these situations. Because, I mean, maybe it would be easier well, I, to do, get something in Europe done if you still had your European office then. to the same mm -hmm. extent. Mm -hmm. I have a solution then. I, I think what... what could have and should have happened is obviously a consult the teams b delay the dates because i if we'll if you're yeah. working within the constraints of here are the dates set for plans and, and yeah. playoffs and that while we can't go anywhere within those constraints well then you, you if it's possible to break those constraints break them mm. delay it by i don't know how long it may, let's just say two weeks I, that's, that may not be long yeah. enough i don't know but you're saying there could be a fast turnaround if you wanted to go somewhere like iceland if um i don't know what that would be but here's the thing, <laughs> that's also really hard to do because not only are Overwatch League player contracts are running out, mm -hmm. there's also a lot of contractors in the Overwatch League on the production side that will have mm -hmm. their contract run out. And you can't know for sure that they are not going to be bound to anything else after that, right? So that sure. you have the logis logistical well, issues that's, on that. That's the thing. There's a lot of issues. So, so delaying would be my solution, but then you, obviously you brought up yes. different sorts of contracts and... Look, for guys like me, not that I'm really part of playoffs, but like for guys, for people, or hypothetically, you know, it's like if they said, oh, we're going to delay the dates, like, all right, sweet, we'll just do those delayed dates then. But if I had other work lined up, that would kind of fuck things over for me. Mm, yeah. um, uh, so I can definitely see it being a problem. That being said, though, the people that are doing playoffs, they're like exclusively Overwatch League anyway. So who, it's, it's not like they do it. They don't actually have things lined up. Um, my point is, is like, like there, there may be other contractors in production and all that kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. it, it gets messy. I, I think the easiest solution is, is, is to do this in Hawaii, which is clearly yep. where we are. That's clearly what the end result is, is that the most simple, straightforward solution is to go to Hawaii because they've done Hawaii four times. They know it works. They know how to do it. They know the processes. There's no new yeah. things introduced. It's not a strange thing. Very little concern of, like, hiccups and... um other mishaps just they can just push a button and make it happen and boom there it is hawaii will yep. happen um so i can see i can see it from that regard i i, I fully understand why mm. this decision to go back to hawaii happened yeah yep. yeah I mean one thing my one demand i i waive the logistics i waive the decision making there is no good choice there is no correct solution the truth machine has been bunked okay my one hope that this league gets right with another online final that i think they accidentally stumbled upon um you you have to ramp up 
and this is going to confuse some people, you have to ramp up observation. I want cameras. I want live feeds. I want photography. I want to feel as close as I, and yeah, I am as pessimistic as, as you may, may uh, add, but you, you need something there. You need some sort of Proof. fly on the wall. I, 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 I wrote about this last year after 2020's final. Just do more content. That's been my gripe with the league for a long time, and I think they're more. trying their best. Um, I'm stuff, yeah. I'll, I'll, a little uh, at, at my wit's end with some of the things, but I know that they're trying, and I commend them for trying. But there has to be vision in those those dugouts in those wherever you are we have to see the players and the reactions there's something to we get get those i mean do you want what are you asking for you asking for like a live cam feed that you can access to watch it can't be just webcams it it, it, you have so you're looking for like a camera upgrade then is that what it is yeah i mean webcams are the the bare minimum i think i think i'd love to have some sort of live feed into the area that these players are playing in i think it's very possible i don't know that it will happen i don't know uh, I'll that put this my is hand. something that people really want I, I mean you might want this but i think this is quite a he is rare thing for people everyone one thing i will rare say demand. is the winning moment that we the only winning moment we got to see from the shock was recorded i believe on a phone of a guy that like was apparently experiencing an earthquake while uh, holding the phone <laughs> like yes. that very that much live be, leak footage <laughs> that should be the case right wasn't, like wasn't there like a above camera that kind of filmed the i think that was uh i feel like that was shanghai that had that right no they had no, like the no, practice no, room sh- and that's why we had shock. the Moongate thing where he's like running up and down during the game which is theoretically yes. not allowed there shanghai had some some background footage which was great and they obviously put that all over social media especially during playoffs um, commend them for that, but I'd love to see that ramped up a little bit more. Um, Shock also, if memory served, had a an overhead cam because I do mm. remember uh, a specific shot that really I resonated I, I with sh- me. Yeah, yeah I think there I was something. Yeah. You. You're right. It was yeah. it was a little yeah. weak, it but it, it, I, you need again. I, I don't think it's that crazy to associate the the live audience to player reaction and you know being there with the players as much as that's kind of parasocial there is something there there's a reason why people watch react channels there's a reason why people want to see the players react to big plays there's a reason why ogn I don't think is we so have a lack of that i don't think we have a lack of that do we have a lack yes. of that yes 100%. Do we? yes we have we've seen we've got player cams we've got reaction maybe we could do a bit more content um I mean, I don't know. I have not, I've personally not felt a lack of like, oh man, there's such a lack of connection to players. I've personally not felt that. Maybe you have, but mm. to me, it's been um, pretty good, honestly. I think I'm, I'm a little bit uh, arguing for an ideal. Uh, I, I don't mind it as much. Um, I'd love to see more of it. I'd love to see more content, of course. Um, but I do think that people are, and maybe I'm wrong. I could be very wrong, but I think the vast majority of people would like an increase in that area of, of seeing players, seeing their faces, especially when we go to Hawaii, we, we don't get a lot of it. We get the winning moment and that's great for the stages. Um, 
but I am I am concerned with this not feeling like another final. I I I I've been very critical of the league um, across its history that playoffs have been treated like a stepchild. It's, it's, but... an, on, it's an online final. I think it's always going to have that feeling of like it's just. Of course, but I think you have to try to mitigate that feeling as best as you can. And I yeah. I I gave them you know the benefit of the doubt in 2020. But if we get another 2020. I, I it's going to be upsetting, disappointing, let's say. I think I, I think getting a 2020 would already be like pretty cool. That that's optimistically you'd hope for to to get a 2020 because I don't think you might you might not even get that this yeah. all the like the ping discussions all of this other kind of stuff going on like it could be worse in 2020 sadly it's just how things ended. What it, ah, dude. And finally we could actually just have a land but of course, you know. yeah. The most frustrating part is, and I think I feel like I've been a negative Nancy for most of this. I feel for everyone like that is like especially like even League Ops and whatever they don't have mm -hmm. the level of agency in those decisions to realistically make a, a difference, right? Like one hundred percent. Like the 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 decisions that lead to this led to this dis, uh, situation. It's like. You only we are in a in a situation where it's a global pandemic. It's a if you want a black swan event, but there are other companies that have better systems and better like have built up redundancies that they can now work mm -hmm. with, and uh, in order to fix that situation, like yes, you you can run a great leak like on the on the in the best of cases and under the best of circumstances, but you gotta. You gotta have more than is necessary in order to be able to react to situations that come up that you can't possibly predict, like a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that is not at the level of even a John Spector, right? Like that's that's yeah, of course. that's big money shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like where people above that decide that. And unfortunately, like you, I mean, you can only do as much. And I think in in that, like, why was already like a stroke of genius in that? Um, I think also a little bit, and I'm not sure how much um, pressure was applied by the teams that actually went to Hawaii. Personally, I reached out to teams after May Melee and asked, like, wh what was the setup like? And they, then um, I didn't necessarily hear that there, that there were any issues. So, but, like, maybe if you actually thought, like, that the tables and everything were actually problems... If you don't get a response from the league typing in the official Overwatch channels, maybe you go to a journalist and apply public pressure towards that because we could have had these issues fixed by now to to sort of like raise this as a point now when you have had four tournaments where there's those uh, issues apparently persisted and mm. to, to now moan about this. Like, yes, everyone understands that travel is worse for you. Like, everyone realizes that. But that's once again one of those issues like, I mean, you by by not making it as big of a problem that it apparently is to you, unless you're just adding it as an argument in order to you know get more pity points. Um, like, there's only so much empathy I can have towards that uh, situation. Sure. Right? So, hundred percent. Once again, like it, it, it's not fair for anyone at any level no. that we're dealing with this, but we we do have precedent that other. Other games and other scenes are handling this situation way more graciously, yeah. and mm. um, are reaping the benefits because of that. And we could be there, and it wasn't <clears throat> due to a lack of uh, advice at the time these decisions made were made that are now causing us issues. 
Yeah, that's the part that sucks. The part that sucks is the fact that, you know, you, unfortunately, if you do look over the fence and you see your neighbor riot doing X and Y things, and then when I say you, I mean, like, just people who are following Overwatch League and then looking over and seeing what you know, League of Legends is doing, they're like, hang on a second, what's what's this? Like, how how come, well, not even League of Legends, but Valorant, how come any of those guys get to do the lands and we don't get to do the lands? Mm. I don't know. A part of me feels like the plan, there was a plan in motion to go to Arlington and to go to LA for some time. And it yeah. seemed like a pretty solid plan, but it fell through. You're not wrong. We're talking about contingencies here, yes, I think. Sadly, maybe to maybe. Unfortunately, the contingency is just play Hawaii. That's the contingency, really. That's your plan. That's probably that probably was just Plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, speculatively, I, I don't actually know. But but um, by the way, I say is the really just, just one really, guy. Yep, one guy yep. that you gotta gotta love for. I, I guess it's more than one guy. But like, don't you think Baby Bay is just sitting in his lifeboat, just like running for making the decision of his life, like basically like jumping shit, ship at the perfect time in order to like now look down, just like oh my god, yeah, okay, like I jumped off at the right time. Corey as well, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it must feel pretty nice to have made that decision. Yeah. Sinatra until he fucked himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah. But I'm uh, sure. I mean, yeah, there, there, there's been, that happens in a lot of esports. I mean, there were also guys yep. that benefited coming over to Overwatch when they weren't doing much in whatever game they used to play in. And that's happened. And, you know, this has been happening of all history in esports from game to game and plenty of yeah. games. But, um, no, I was, what well, the point I was trying to end on is that, um, um, the league clearly were making moves to do LAN play. Like there was going to be a yes. big LAN finals. Like oh, yeah, they, they, those things were happening. It's like people saying like, oh, why why aren't we doing what Riot are doing? How come we don't have LAN? It's like, bro, we were meant to have a LAN and then, it, then COVID <laughs> fucked us. But it's like, yeah, I, I guess the, the more pressing discussion is like, well, you know, what could, what could we have done in contingency plans? I think the discussion is not that like, why is Overwatch not having a LAN? It's like, well, we tried. And it was there. It was. It was gonna be there. It was announced. Yeah. But then it fell through. Uh, the just the the greater discussion is surrounding like what what the plans B plan B's could have been. Mm-hmm. But um. The one thing I'll um, add as a quick point, uh, for the riot uh, comparisons. And you can hold me to this. I don't think Berlin is going off without a hitch. Like I don't think this is going to be a completely spotless event. Yeah. Well, hopefully. That'd be cool. Tell us on the tell us on the ground level, Yiska, how it's gonna be. I'm not hundred percent of that will be there. But, I mean, we don't even know the Overwatch League schedule now, right? That's another thing I didn't realize. But mm-hmm. like of course, because of Hawaii, the, at least the times of the matches will have to move. And um maybe the days even. I'm not sure. Sure, sure. But from start to end, I, I'm keeping a very close eye on how Berlin runs, who gets there, who is delayed getting out. If that makes sense, sure. I'm I'm very skeptical on this is going to be a spotless event, just like how most events okay. currently have to, you know, have to work. Let's, unless anyone has any rapid closing thoughts on the discussion around land events, I think we've exhausted that topic quite succinctly yeah. uh, there. Um, basically, TLDR, it sucks. We wish they could be better. <laughs> yeah. We wish they could be land. It do suck. And... Um, uh fuck you covid that's really what it is um play-ins we've arrived at the actual play-ins preview if you've stuck around for the first hour and a half bless you like, if you have like bless bro, you. they haven't they haven't talked about troopers the playoffs at all 
um thank you if you've if you've looked through the descriptions you're like man how long is it going to take them to get to play with the preview of the play-ins and boom you click the button you've just joined us now welcome welcome to tcp episode 190 you've just joined us <laughs> um let's not, um, <laughs> let's not pretend then aren't just all drama frogs and actually like the first part and now Maybe. like uh, actually esports esports is a lie and it's all about the drama that's all i'm saying bro you, i mean you and i that, saying people people are probably more likely to want to hear about the 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 rumor stuff than the actual previews no, but, you're uh, way less cynical uh, about this than i am <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, guys, so so plans are obviously happening very soon. This upcoming yes. weekend, starting from this weekend, when Saturday. The first game is Saturday, or is it, does it start on Saturday? It does. It starts on yes. Saturday the fourth. So um, we are going to start things out with the East Division: Philadelphia versus Hangzhou Spark. Winner of that plays Seoul. Then we're going west, Paris versus Washington, Boston versus Defiance. So obviously, Washington picked Paris. We'll discuss a little bit about uh, that decision soon. Mm. The winner of Washington versus Paris plays San Francisco Shock, and the winner of Boston-Toronto plays Houston Outlaws. Um, and then the winner of those matches make it to the playoffs, and the winner of uh, Seoul versus either Philly, Hangzhou go to playoffs. So there's three spots remaining. Two from NA, one from APAC, and it's very limited we have how many teams three six nine total teams in play-ins of which only three can make it to the playoffs for themselves just any opening thoughts on what this looks like in your mind we dig deep into any Uh, particular match i know that we had mentioned before the show that it sucks that some people are going to have to play back to back but yeah it's again a balance of that's been happening all year a minor suck point but it is what it is um not worth really griping over at least in my opinion um i yeah i guess my only like real gripe uh i love reseeding the brackets i think that's a great commending commendable point obviously you know some uh some leagues out there won't name names still can't uh seem to wrap their head around some some formatting things um uh, but uh we seem to be doing it pretty well i will say yep i, I like our formats they're 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 pretty best decision right. they made best decision yes, they made genuinely for sure. um, um but outside of that yeah it's integrity mm-hmm. possible highest competitive integrity possible in the reseeding yep, yep. agreed 100 percent. the There's only no, my only no gripe, rng in brackets my only gripe is i wish certain teams uh and this is again like sugar plum as it gets uh spark probably really shouldn't be here um and they probably won't last for very long but yeah. oh you're getting to preds already hang on hang on hold tight Joe. sure hold tight. fair I, fair i i, fair. I have a i know i'm jumping minute. i'm froggy i have to add one thing that i forgot i i made a mistake uh so forget what i said earlier about paris and washington play san francisco shock no the shock pick whoever mm. they want so out of paris that. washington boston toronto the winners of that Shock then pick that, and then Houston get whoever's left. So my mistake earlier, it's uh, they they don't automatically go into the next side of the break. I got baited. Which will be very important. By Liquipedia, because it looks like they just move in, yeah. but they don't. They don't. Um, obviously, Seoul do play the winner of Philadelphia Hangzhou, because there's, 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 there's no other option. They just simply play that. Um, so there's I guess there's nothing really surprising about play-ins, because I mean, we, we've kind of talked about teams and their performances over the year. We've Mm. Said our goodbyes to teams like New York Excelsior, etc. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily disagree that I think New York have looked better than Hangzhou Spark moving in. Um, maybe it would be good actually 
to have a very brief meta discussion as mm. well, just as we move forward. Because my argument, Joe, is that I think an open meta, and for people that don't understand, is obviously hero pools are gone after Count yes. Cup. We're back to a completely open meta. Everything's open and mm. able to be played. Hunger Spike significantly improve with, oh, with 100%. Shy gets to go back on Ash. Shy gets to play his good heroes. He gets to go on Echo again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously Hunter Spark's not all about Shy, but I- I'm lying. It actually is all about Shy. Really, he's carried <laughs> the fuck out of them, hasn't he? <laughs> so putting Shy back on his good heroes, I think, is very important for Hunter Spark. One hundred percent. There are definitely a few teams that uh, will benefit from this. Um, I think their opponents as well, the Philadelphia Fusion, definitely benefit from this. Um, I, I definitely view them without getting too deep into uh, specific predictions. I, I do view them as a very Western APAC team. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to agree that uh, with the meta being open, it does favor some teams or at least opens them up. Um, so they aren't completely pinched out of certain strategies. Um, they at least have something to run. Um, and we will get, um, I think, starting in the play-ins, a lot of stylistic uh, matchups that. Uh, if if things work as you know if my projections are right which uh let's face it they rarely are um we'll we'll have some 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 bangers i'd 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 say for sure in planes weirdly enough well because planes will be the first time we actually get to see mm. you know, what what is actually happening in the open meta like who's going to be favoring what i suspect i my my wish list i would love if teams go back to May melee a little bit. Um, Summer Showdown could be cool okay. as well, but I think May melee. I, I think most people agree that May melee was, was probably still the best in terms of meta that this game has ever been in, from my position, from my POV at least, from what I've seen, from what I think, because you had every almost every single comp was viable, yep. or most heroes were viable. No hero had higher than fifty percent play rate, which is like really incredible for for Overwatch uh for Overwatch League. So, I, love I would love to see a very like v- diverse meta um and actually a, a meta that serves different team strengths because now you get to have Philly go back to the brawl that they've been so yep. good at. You get to have Hangzhou playing Shy's good heroes. Um you get to have Dallas go back to Lucio Moira, you know, their mm-hmm. style. That's for playoffs a little bit later on. Um, and you know, teams can finally be free to do what they want, and and beyond that as well. I think maybe the lesson we learn is that did we really need hero pools? I mean, it's it's the novelty is kind of fun, like oh, it's different, but at the same mm. time, it's just like I love what yeah, you're cooking. But like, but the open metas have been the best, haven't they? But also, you could argue the open metas have been the best because hero pools being in the middle kind of kind of like chopped yeah. it up a bit. otherwise having one big open hero meta for the entire year might have been stale who knows i don't know possibly yeah. definitely i think um when we get to international events that's where i've always drawn my my big argument my big and but um is that the meta bubbles are vastly different on who you can practice and who you can play against and what is run um that division is is very important um but yeah, I think the big story and the big lesson uh, I think teams have readily talked about and learned is that you can, you can, I think it is, is agreed upon as almost a truth at this point in Overwatch that you can run what you believe, uh, at least iterative, iterative, iteratively, uh, 
to the meta, right? Like you can iterate on the meta and run what you feel comfortable doing, what you're best at and, and still find success and still be successful. Um, and hopefully teams will uh, rely on that with this open oh. hero pool. So yes, you spoke to Christopher. Go ahead and tell us exactly what Philadelphia Fusion going to run. I'm kidding. <laughs> what's, uh, what's going on in your head? Um, right, I think like it's uh, it's going to be back to basically what uh, what was the third? Is it Summer Showdown? Summer Showdown. Yeah, yeah the one without hero pools, right? Um, yeah. Was um, I think uh, especially like APEC, of course, still believes in the ball. Um, I'm not sure if. Too many people have been swayed that Winston is playable, even though I, I expect some teams to run it, especially uh, North American teams in terms of like playing against their domestic counterparts, just because, I mean, that's winnable, right? Um, yes. I think APAC does believe that, like, I, I think the, the quote from, um, from Christopher was, Shanghai and Chengdu are the best teams in the world at the moment. And then I asked, like, is the implication here that Wrecking, because they're the best wrecking ball teams and it's the strongest uh, tank hero at the moment or tank lineup. He's mm -hmm. like, yeah, stupid hero as well as Tracer Samba. Very stupid. Like, yeah. Yeah. Context, context, by the way, Jeska interviewed Christopher recently. Right. So this yeah, is yeah. public info. You, you go ahead and check out the interview, by the way. Continue. Yep. And um, yeah, that's, that resulted in um, uh, results probably in like, you know, Tracer Echo um, or like Tracer Sombra type of things, uh, um, compositions with a lot of ball, especially in APAC. Um, I think a bunch of NNA teams will tr play the same way you know, because there's low confidence that, for instance, Winston comps will be able to um, outplay the ball simply because of what Dallas was tortured by uh, in the <laughs> midseason. Sure, um, yeah. And, I mean, we also all remember the Hawk tweet saying, like, lol... Uh, winning dive matters against uh, APAC um, mm. if you're not Dallas, um, which is interesting. Um, Ironically, Dallas couldn't either, so you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not even Dallas, so yeah, so um, yeah, I think personally, that was my favorite meta of um, of the season as well. I also think, like, yes, I agree that it was interesting in May Melee that we had so much diversity. I'm not sure if it's necessarily down to the meta state and more like people still figuring out what is good. At the same time, like I've always said, like meta is almost like a social construct. Oh, me? Yeah, you, you said like you liked family. They, they had a whole, the part of the, well, I would argue that they had a long time to figure out. They had the entire oh, preseason, pre including yeah. a full preseason, two full preseason tournaments. Right. The reason why Melee was so good is because there wasn't this like rush, like, oh, we have one week to figure yes. out the, me the meta between yeah. May Melee and June Joust. That's what happened in June Joust. The reason why May Melee is good is because teams were already practiced and they had already been possible, yeah, you know, uh, well adjusted to what the meta was gonna be. That's why it looked good. They had the whole preseason. That, that's the thing, like, I'm not sure if you could be right, and I think I'm more inclined to say that you are, but there's also the possibility that not not proofing your own meta interpretation against in actual competitive matches where you then could lose confidence in while everyone isn't playing the same like Dallas isn't playing the same uh, Overwatch they're uh, in scrims that they're playing on on live service sure like, yes are they not yes. are you sure about that they're playing I mean, vastly inferior Overwatch is what I'm hearing yeah. from everyone like they are okay. 
tanking scrims, basically, comparatively. And that's oh, not, okay. maybe results. not by intention, but uh, they're much worse you than scrims. Read that and you can read that into it. There's results, and then what, what, then there's attention. Intention right. being like, they are running what they want sure. to run in matches, yes. but they are mis-executing or playing it poorly in scrims, and then yep. doing that well in matches, versus they're doing completely different shit in scrims to what they're doing in matches. I disagree with yep. that part. Or at least I don't know. I'm speculating as well. Yeah. But I, I, my interpretation of that would be that they are playing poorly in scrims while doing what they are supposed to be doing, and then doing that exact same thing much better in matches for yep. some reason. Yeah, and I think it's it has a lot to do with what type of team they are as like a group of people, just super mm -hmm. high energy during uh, games and play very aggressively and well off of that aggression. Um, but yeah, like I think. Overall, I'm not sure how much diversity we will see. I've, it feels like we're unfortunately f reverting back for a lot of teams to like the idea. Okay, really? best best team is has best meta read. Thus, we uh, we should all play more ball. Um, <laughs> but I mean, sure. other teams like, for instance, Atlanta aren't fully going uh, towards that route. And I mm. think to a large degree, like I, I'm not sure what, how that. How, how that tournament goes if Pelican is with them, for instance. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, okay. So there might be other solutions. It is, it's also, unfortunately, due to a lack of quality practice, there's only so much you can try. Like Christopher said, it's very challenging you know, uh, currently to find scrim partners because, like, contenders teams are uh, still on a hero pool um, that they have mm. to scrim uh, for. Just ended. Just ended. Just ended, As yeah. of, like, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, um, that's not going to help you much in the weeks also, leading up to this. One. Well, I, don't know, I don't know how, what Philly's relationship with T1 is, their academy team. Right. Um, and I assume you didn't ask Christopher about it, but I would, I always assume that if you have an academy team, they are one of your primary screen partners and you can kind so. of like ask of them to help you in certain ways. Sure. Mm. Um, and well, at least that's how I think you should, you should, play because essentially that's like another roster you if you have an academy team they're your second roster and if you have two rosters you can kind of have more targeted practice versus like a random team where like you don't own them you literally own your academy. um they are an entity that belongs to you yeah. so i don't know i i would assume that philly and i would assume that fusion and t1 can have more targeted practice and if they sure. want they can get t1 to do certain stuff with them and maybe vice versa mm. i don't know that, that, that would be how i would run a team but um that's an interesting thought. Um, I just want to see teams play their style and really have that distinct style. I really don't like mirrors, by the way. Not the play. I love Chris. Um, but uh, I'm not a fan of like uh, mirror matchups with yep. identical heroes. I think it's a bit boring. I always like it when teams show their own style mm. um, and this is their thing. And then they make that work and you have a clash of styles. The NAO APAC thing's always been great. That's. Uh, what I hope would happen. I think that's what will probably happen as well. I, I suspect that Dallas will go back to things that they know work for them. NA teams, Philly will go back to things that work for them huh. as well. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't have a lot more to add on meta here, unless anyone else does before we move on. Um, to Just to amplify your point, um, I think with this open hero pool, yes, there is a push with the patch. Um, it, it does make Wrecking Ball that much more uh, incentivized. Oh, let's let's say. Soldier meta incoming. Yeah, soldier. I think there's a lot of parallels, and I know that we said this last season or last meta review um, that we kind of uh, botched a little bit. 
Um, but I think there is a lot of parallels coming in from Countdown Cup, a lot of similar heroes, especially in NA, um, that we'll see use. Um, and I think the variety in NA with the teams that we've gotten specifically in, in play-ins should showcase that quite a lot. Um, I think there will be teams that I disagree with that will continue to uh, abide by these social constructs, as Yiska likes to call them, um, that, that will try to force the wrecking ball, that will try to force the dive, even though they're not good at dive. Um, and they will probably be punished. And I think there's lots of teams that will opt in the complete opposite direction. Um, they'll try to do the double shield. They'll try to do a, a rush on control. Um, they'll probably bring back Echo Ash, maybe even Tracer Ash in some degree um, on specific maps. I'm looking kind of at Escort. But uh, yeah, I think there's a very open pool for teams to flex their style. It really comes down to, will they? So, I don't have anything to add there. Great points, Joe. Let's go on to the actual plans. I'm loving it. Okay. Can I, plans. Can I just go, bring it one minor point, which I got, I got, I got to, I got to get one cheap shot. Get it did. Come on. Right? Bring it in. So I agree that with you guys that I think not only should Dallas revert to like trying to make the Winston work, um, uh -huh. because there's precedent. It's also like, there was an interesting comment by, um, I, l let me just add them so it, I'm, I'm not, you know, pussyfooting around it. But You're not subtweeting them, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. Like, I think there was, and I didn't actually see that particular part, but the, the, um, the defense by, I believe it was Avast towards, like, Fearless MVP was that he remained uh, a top five ball in North America. To that I say, one man's top five in NA wrecking ball is another man's average in the Overwatch League. Wrong. You're not wrong there, son. Yeah. Did you say not wrong, Joe? I couldn't understand. Did you say wrong or not wrong? Yeah, no, no not wrong at all. I not think, wrong, right? yeah, this has been pretty rough for NA with the Wrecking Balls. I don't think we have... Uh, there's a few heroes, weirdly enough, and I'm not going to get on a tangent, but... Uh, and Don we trust, then. And Don we trust. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay, and moving on from that, so... The news and play-ins... The only news that exists in planes was that Washington picked Paris, speaking of done. And I think the reaction was a little bit mixed from, uh, from fans, where some people were quite surprised, others thought it was quite amusing, and the reason why is because apparently, based on the Washington socials, they literally picked Paris via, like, a... I don't even know what it is, like, some sort of, like, egg game <laughs> that their players are playing. I think it was, like, Tuba was one of them. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, Tuba and Jerry or something like that. I'll try and find the tweet. I think it's so. uh, called um, Smash the Sideshow. I think that's what it's called. Oh, very good. Yeah. Smash the Sideshow. Um, let me find the tweet really quickly, because it is kind of funny. It is... It is it, they I opted to pick their opponent not through some sort of actual, like analysis of like oh who are we got to match up better at least that's what i'm what i'm seeing supposedly they just picked it by like smashing the egg like they, they had to bait each other to smashing the egg and then based on that it was either going to be boston or paris and it ends up being paris um and some of the comments are like why would you pick paris this seems like a harder team than boston and the response is like well literally the game decided that's what we're going to do um so if we are to give them the bit for the doubt and say like okay they literally did pick because of whatever silly game they played is this the right call like is this is this good for them does it not matter if you're if you're washington you believe you're the better team 
maybe they just don't care. It's like, well, whoever we play, we should just beat, right? Like that should be maybe something they have internally. But it it, it does seem I like strange. that. I, I I hope they're coming in with that kind of gumption, um, because uh, I don't think there is a right choice, personally. Because um, a lot of the community think the right choice is Boston. That's what they believe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I I'm very down on justice. Um, I've heard a lot of the the copium. Oh, they're just you know. You don't know when they're going to pop off. You don't know when they're going to be good. They're real inconsistent. This is probably the worst team to figure out metas, uh, by and large. And they're coming off of easily one of their worst stages that we've seen them in. Uh, it will be a miracle to see them in playoffs. A Cinderella, and yes, this is the justice we're speaking of. This is the 2020 Cinderella team. It will, this needs to be a Herculean effort. To get them, they need to start signing players today. No, 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 no. All they need is Decay to go back to Zarya. That's it. <laughs> it, it, I, I, there is. I, I don't even hate that idea. No, to be honest, no, I don't. I don't hate it. Um, yeah, there needs to be a massive. It would be an upset to see them in playoffs. Or maybe even out of the first round of play-ins, to be completely fair. I don't know that there is a good do pick you, for them. Do you, think, do you think they beat Paris? Who wins this game? Let's get analytical. Who, who wins this game? Knowing, knowing that we don't actually know what the meta is going to be, like we don't solidly know what the meta is going to be, we don't know what the teams are going to play, mm. Can we? could you speculate on who you think might win this game? Take a guess, educated guess. Hopefully, you want me to go first. Yeah. Fine. Oh, I mean, you're you're already talking. I just I just yeah. want to get because you. Sure, agreed. I I know that he's thinking and and wants what, to what formulate I'm, things. What I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm basically doing here, Joe, is is you're saying Washington won't make the playoffs at all. No. It would be a Herculean effort. So I'm yes. trying to lay out their pathway and see what needs to happen. So first agreed. of all, the first thing in their path is the Paris Eternal. Do they beat the Paris Eternal? Mm. Do you want? I mean, I have some points. I don't know if Yiska. Uh, come on. Sh should I just tell you that? Okay. Just so, somebody, somebody, please. Say I think the most more likely team to win that is um, the Washington Justice. I think there are a lot of arguments that speak towards them in non-hero pools. I think seven out of their nine victories this season have been in non-hero pools. Also, mm. correlating with that though is that they also dodge the first week of play. I think the fact that they have to play uh, play-ins is very scary for them. Um, like, I think when they, if they make it out of play-ins, they will have a, like, will look way better in playoffs. Um, of course. But, I mean, it's, it, it's not a confident one. It's like a 60-40. Sure. Um, and that's also one of those where I mean, it's really hard to predict how they would fare after that. But yeah, mm. in terms of the initial game, I also think there's a possibility where there's, there's two ways where how, how that draw could have gone. Either they recorded the footage twice and they already picked like whoever they liked the most before and then they just sure, played it. Yeah. Or they genuinely don't think there's a, uh, a considerable difference between them uh, mm. to beat them, which I don't even necessarily disagree with um 
I'm not. I I don't think there's one clear team that's a worse matchup for uh for Washington Justice. Um. I think once again that's that's a matchup that will come down to unfortunately uh how well Decay is showing up that uh, in that matter. Um, I think like o over the season, I think he has the highest ten kills per ten. He once again like hard carried, um, possibly like throughout the season. Possibly like something that's not talked about enough. So, um, they also have a lot of time to prepare, uh, comparatively speaking, um, or had a lot of time to, uh, uh, to prepare. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think this first match is the scary one, and if they then make it out, I have more confidence. Like that, that was then my filter to see if they're actually a good team, because I don't think mm. either Boston or Paris are going to drop the ball. Um, they're probably going to be pretty strong if uh, Washington beats them. Then I'm also looking towards like I'm not sh if I'm shocked, I'm not picking Washington then. Um, like if Washington gets out, I'm not picking Washington, and then it sure, probably yeah. goes to um to Houston, and that's a very open match for me. Mm. Yep, I like that open. We'll have to put a pin in that one. Um, but this match for me kind of comes down to Washington's inability to adapt to metas that are put in front of them. Um, looking at the teams that are appearing in the play-ins, at least from the NA side of things. Um, so that's the Paris Eternal, the Washington Justice, Boston, Toronto. Again, all the teams appearing in the NA playoffs. Uh, Justice have the worst week one perform performance by far against teams that probably are middle of the pack when you look at them comparatively in terms of strength of schedule. Um, in, in the face of a lot of five and three records, six and two, seven and one for Toronto, weirdly enough, but we'll get to them. Uh, Justice are three and five in week one performances this season. And I do correlate that. I, I do see a lot of ties to them having terrible meta reads. Yeah. I think they're going to come into this. They're still going to be playing Wrecking mm. Ball. And I, I don't see them performing well at uh -oh. all. Avril? What? I'm just saying, like, you say they have poor meta reads, but I, I, I think this is, not like a ran, this is not like a brand new meta. This is not like, it is in some ways, but really it's not. It shouldn't we're be. Open, we're back to an open meta. That, like, no team should be confused about what to, what to play here because we've done this twice this year. And it's like, you literally, the entire thing's open. The only times where I think teams really get stuck with meta reads is when, it, when a hero pool comes out mm -hmm. and you're like, well, Lucio and whatever else is banned, like, what the fuck do we play now? Because we really need the Lucio or whatever. I'm just using him as, a, as sure. an example. Uh, and that, yeah. and, and I think June Jow specifically really stunted Washington because they, like, obviously had a bad read and they weren't sure what they were going to do. Um, but I, you know, like Yiska said, I think Washington have done well in the open metas. Um, and I don't think they should be falling prey to being lost in the meta when it's an open meta like th there's no way and if they are like god damn this team is zero hope like you need this is every team should know what they're doing i don't think there is a single team that should be lost in the open meta that's upcoming this weekend oh i um, think they know what they're doing i think they're very confident um with well maybe not confidence the word but i think the the big two uh decision makers that kind of drew me to this direction was the june joust and was what they did in countdown cup you had them in the june joust start off with the wrecking ball on paris 
they looked like hot garbage, like a tire fire in the middle of the street. And they adapted and moved to Winston. They did not do that for a countdown cup. And that has me worried. This team looks very rigid at the moment. It depends on whether you, you think they have the ability to actually adapt and learn from those mistakes. Um, what I'll say is I really enjoyed Pre's uh, his his little <laughs> his his speech that he did was really good. Actually, yeah. like no no cap, I think what that was actually quite inspiring. Um, with the whole like crush of the ping pong thing, mm. I was like, you get that ping pong ball fear, you you crush that fear. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I, I <sighs> this is the team that I want to I want to back and say, oh yeah, and just because the team on paper will always be so good. You know that this team could be excellent, but like Paris seems like a safer pick, but at the same time as well, like I know I've, I've underestimated Paris enough times to know that they can absolutely upset a team above them. Mm. Um, yeah, they got an eight and eight record and yeah, half of that is through wins that were pretty easy to be fair, but they have also beaten the justice just as yeah. have also beaten them. Um, this could be a pretty spicy matchup. If anything, I, I my read from this is I think I think Washington are confident. I think they're confident enough that they they probably don't care who they who legitimate who they face. Um, and yeah. maybe maybe the Washington playoffs buffs could be there. I my gut feeling wants to go with Washington. I don't know that I have a brain take here because I I don't know what the teams are actually going to run. It's hard because mm, I think these it's teams hard, could, yeah. could run pretty even. I think to me it's actually coin flip. If you're going to ask me what my real thought on this matchup is from an like an analytical perspective it's a coin flip but i think my gut feeling is that i, I want to back washington just a little bit more here because i think they'll do well in an open meta Fair play. i like paris's uh, ability to flex um obviously they've been uh, a little bit more stable throughout the season but uh, yeah this this one feels a little bit more like i'm i'm down on washington and uh less high on paris let's say uh, but yeah, look. I will also say, if I if I could choose who makes it, I would say Paris. <laughs> just to, I just want to see the chaos, man. Like, yeah. I, I think they also deserve like um, mm -hmm. to have a good way to go out of the season. That said, I mean, all the other teams do as well. I think um, for how well the outdoors played this year, I don't think they have uh, gotten the recognition that they deserve. Um, I mean, yes, they could have made it out to Hawaii, but yeah, I don't know. Why, why are you looking like that? No reason. Do you have some bullshit pick in the next round or something? Gonna have to see. Oh my god, this man is once again bullshit. Like, okay, let's see, let's see. Ah. Um, what's what's the uh, other match in that first round? Austin, Toronto. Austin, Toronto. <sighs> Do we want to move on to Boston, Toronto? You about to talk about them? Yeah. Boston, Toronto. Boom. Ugh, that's like the same team against each other, right? Like, not really. Really? Because it's like... Okay, they, look, they... I understand Baroy has worked for both teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like, you know, like, same level of performance, not really big distinguishing factors. Yes, they're very differently built. Like, one is Philly Fusion plus some... <laughs> And then the other is um, like basically a, a bunch of rookies and then also a bunch mm. of old guys coming back. Um, but I think they're pretty evenly matched. 
think that's a perfect coin flip for me. Um, I do think Toronto sort of peaked late, but that's also mostly a meta thing for me. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily anything that that team found out about themselves that uh, they were able to um, unlock. I don't think, I don't see, saw reasonable progress over the season. It's not a Paris situation for me. Um, Agreed, yeah. And the feeling is there. I agree. It's also, can I just say subjectively, that's just a boring match to me. It's probably the most boring match left in Ooh. the season. Careful. This is the sleeper. This is the pick. Oh my. I think this is the big stylistic clash that you're going to see. If my meta projection uh, is even remotely right, and you have teams that are interested in running a little bit slower tempo compositions, um, and equally as such, that dive is open um, in its full glory. Uh, I can see Boston being a bit slower. I don't think completely going Atlanta route and just only playing bunker and double shield is going to be uh, Boston's MO, but I see them doing that. And I, I view personally Toronto as a, uh, a, a dive uh, heavy team, let's say. Um, so I think this is going to give you a lot of interesting little interactions, interesting matchups, depending on map picks, um, that, that should be a good showcase for the meta as a whole. I, I think this is a, a, it looks, I agree. The mouthfeel of these two teams, uh, isn't great. Why you gotta be like that? <sighs> hey, I'm, I'm high on things. I get it. I, I, I only, you know, describe through food and taste. You know, so it needs to have a, a sprinkle of things, a dash of this, you know. Uh, I, I think this is a slept on match. I think this is this is going to be a good one. Shout out to viewers of ContraPoints. So wait, hang on. You, so you, you believe this should be a good match or like a really good one? Um, I don't know if it'll be a really good match, but I think this will yeah, close show. Close game. Uh, yeah, closer. Close a good game. Good. Some yeah, I would game. say this is the game to watch. If you're if you if I gave you. If if you were to you know ask me which game do, if I'm in new to Overwatch and I want to get excited Paris, about the game, shouldn't Paris Washington be close to good game? No, you don't believe that. You don't buy that. Not really? You don't do that. No, no. I mean, okay. mine would be would like whoever be... plays Shock. That would be the really interesting one. Yeah. Well, shouldn't Shock just murder whoever wins anyway? Like, is shouldn't that be the thing? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. No, you don't. Like, well. Okay, well, let's let's finish up Boston Toronto, and then we'll let's move into Shock the next. Yeah. Um. Boston Toronto. Yeah, this is another. I think Toronto have had higher peaks recently, but part of me wants to do, part of me wants to back Toronto here. I think they've had a higher peak recently. Yep. I think Hisu Aspire like a great two DPS plays. Hisu in particular just really farmed on Hanzo. I don't know how big. By the way, Hanzo is going to be in the next meta. It wasn't our last meta, mm. but now that we're exiting away from Hanzo and Arisa comps, well, we, we'll actually probably enter double shield a bit more. If anything, who knows? Um, I I think Toronto are probably one of the more slept on teams, and whereas Boston is also slept on, but maybe more accurately so. Ah, is that unfair to say? I'm not too sure. Um. I, I think I give this to Toronto. I think I, I think I'm more willing to trust that Toronto can win this game than Boston yep. can. I think Boston's last Boston Countdown Cup was very disappointing for me, and I, I expected Boston to do very well in Countdown Cup. At one stage, I was even like, "Dude, Boston can maybe go four zero here" because I was quite mm -hmm. high on them. And then they kind of bombed out. They gave Vancouver the first one. Like, fuck me, dude. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm not feeling great about Boston in that kind of regard. Um, maybe that's not the most analytical take, but uh, again, because it's, it's hard to go on. Like, what do we have to go on? Really, we don't even know what the teams yeah. are going to be playing. Uh, we have a good idea that you know the teams will be moving back towards double shield and brawl and different variations of dive and bit of ball here as well. Um, but I've seen higher peaks from Toronto, and I, and I think that if they can do that again, and those high peaks have happened recently, if they can do that again, there should be a pretty clear win for Toronto. So that's why I don't I don't know that this is going to be a, 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 that good of a game. I think Paris Washington should be a closer game. Do, personally, do you not expect, for instance, like in the past, and no hero metas for Valentine to bring Genji back, like whenever? Oh yeah, I, I expect. Uh, yeah, Genji is buff too. There is that. You're not wrong about Genji. I don't know Genji, that it's. I don't know if I trust Genji though, because here's the thing: Genji forces you to play Anna Winston. Yeah. Yes. And then you. I, I don't necessarily agree that Winston is super weak. You guys seem to think Winston's really, really weak. I think Winston's um, actually okay in the meta. I yes. think you can um, play it. I don't know how much... I, I, I think Nano... I think Blade... I think I think Genji... Uh, with, did Blade get nerfed, by the way? I think it did. Genji yes. is a bit of a crutch, and Nano Blade is a crutch. Yep. Um, and I just generally think that Genji is a very feastal famine. Not just hero, but the entire team comp it brings to you, the entire playstyle you have to play through ends up being Feast of Fan because of that as well. Yep. So I'm personally not a fan of teams relying on Genji because I think Genji is probably the most unreliable hero. Like He is the hero that will not give you good, consistent results. You'll get very high highs and very low lows. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know that Valentine Genji is going to really do it for them unless we get into a Genji meta where it's like pretty agreed upon by most teams that Genji is pretty good here. You should play Genji. If, if we go into a hard Genji meta, cool, Valentine will carry you here. Yep. But I, I think more than anything, Boston probably play Valentine on, on the Echo again, see how that goes. Yep. But that's um, my that's my big I, question. I, I still back Toronto. Do we want to talk about Shock now? Um that might be a good time to start exploring the Shock. Who do you think Shock should pick and is could any team put up resistance? Yiska, you you did not actually think Shock could walk over anybody. Because I, I my my assumption here is that no matter who plays Shock, Shock should probably win, right? You disagree with that? I don't think no matter. Like if okay. Um I think Shock are smart enough to not pick Washington if they were to win out. I think that's possibly the the strongest matchup they could be facing. And they're like if they make it past Paris, that once again that's a qualifier that like you shouldn't pick Washington. You just don't take the risk. The the on paper skill set that that team has and has displayed in the right meta is just too scary. That's It's by far the highest skill ceiling of all of the uh, like lower bracket teams, so to speak, or like first round teams. Um, I, I think Shock might be nuts enough to do that, though. Uh, I, I, I generally think like Paris is the second most scary uh, team there, and they should not pick either of the, of the um, teams that come out unless we get conflicting information based on the performance of the teams of course and then you decide on sure. match day like if toronto comes out and just looks stellar for some reason then you're not picking them of course but um it's also a preparation thing like you you gotta theoretically like shock has some um some agency in the amount of uh teams they need to prepare prepare for i think they could mm -hmm. If uh, and the problem for them is there's no safe lock. I think none of the, those matches are out of sixty forty. But like for instance, they could um, say, okay, we're de we're likely to get 
Boston, for instance. Mm. So that we're, we're looking at them mostly. And then we're like, if Boston is a- available for picking, then we're doing that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, I mean, yes, shock probably like against Toronto or Boston. That that's probably a safer one, but I'm I'm not too convinced that they would make that choice. I'm not gonna lie, I have that completely the opposite direction. Uh, I thought it was very funny that Avril had like mentioned that this was going to be direct seating because that's how I have it. I think Shock takes the winner of Paris Washington regardless. Um, for the record, you know, I have why you done. guys are way too low on Washington, by the way. Like you are. I said Washington was gonna win. What no, are you okay. talking about? No, I'm sorry. Like Joe is way too low on Washington. Yeah, you're right. I am. He he. Like if you were to make a power ranking list, you would probably have them like just above like mayhem at the moment, right? In in an A. So instead uh, of third to bottom, the fourth to bottom. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? So so instead of tenth place, ninth no. place. No. That's below Boston. This by the team way. has not shown me anything to prove otherwise. They have given me one good play in performance and narrowly lost, which they look great in. Commend them for that specific performance. And then they immediately follow a stage where you you see a very clear line that they can take that many other teams took. Obviously, hindsight's a, a bit of a drug here. And they don't do it. They actively choose not to do it. And they probably showcase their worst performance yet. If you want to kind of spin that into motivation, sure. I think you have a lot of ground to cover if you're Washington Justice. But I think they have the potential to cover that ground. I, I think Shock probably dodge dodge Washington. I think that's a smart move to do. It Actually, no, I don't know that for sure. I think it depends on how both teams lock totally. in yeah. plans. If we assume... I mean, let's use... The, we'll use this as, as one example. Washington wins... Toronto wins. Mm. Shock, who do you choose between Toronto and Washington? On paper, probably Toronto, but I don't know if I'm confident in that because it would seriously depend on how both teams look in their match versus the other side. 100%. Uh, Because I think Toronto have peaked higher than Washington recently in the Countdown countdown Cup, but I don't know that 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 will happen again with an open mid. It's very hard to say... Dude, oh man, it's hard to do anything but just do like pure speculation here. But I still think Shock is the strongest team mm-hmm. out of all six teams in NA for the play-ins. So if there was mm-hmm. a team that I think should be a lock for play for playoffs, to me it's a Shock. Mm. Um, does anyone? I don't know if anyone disagrees with that, but nope. no, no, theoretically, here. in most cases. But I think Washington has the potential to be the, the strongest team, as does Houston. They are punchy. Uh, justice that is. I give them that. Um, I, I, I'll reiterate a lot of the same points, so I'll save you from that. Um, my big question is which of the schools of thought kind of is most predominant or has proven to be most successful. Um, I'm more to say that the dive variant, uh, this meta is probably going to be more successful. Um, and I see Toronto being that team to f- like be the best pilot. Uh, of the teams that we've seen thus far. Um, so I have Toronto right. dodging shock. I think they're going to look the scariest. Um, so I have Toronto San versus Fris- Houston. Yes, I have Toronto versus Houston. And I have shock versus Paris. Okay. Let's dive into Houston a little bit. Mm. 
So Houston, the other team, they obviously get whatever scraps is left behind after Shock have picked their opponent. Mm. Um, and you you have Houston Toronto lined up because you believe that Shock will pick Washington. Um, I I mean we can play both sides. Okay, Houston. Are we pretty convinced? By the way, it will be Toronto Washington, or do we want to explore like a Houston Paris or like a Houston Boston kind of thing? Or maybe that's too going too far. Maybe we just stick to maybe we just stick to Washington Toronto for now. I don't know. But Houston, why don't you talk to us about Houston Toronto? Because that's the matchup you have online, Joe. You you have that one written down. No, I have, I have Houston. Yes, I have Houston Toronto. Houston, my Toronto. mistake. Yeah. Yes, so what, what, what's going through your head in that game? <sighs> okay. I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions that I'm very interested to hear the answers of. Right. Yes or no? Okay. Yes or no question? Yes. You just said yes right away. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, do we like Houston's dive this season? I like Dante on dive. <laughs> no. Um, okay. I see Houston as more of a double shield, piggy on Sigma type of team, so I agree with you. Right. It's going to be a no from me. 100%. Yeah. Uh, also correlate, correlates with, with Happy's Hero Pool. There's, there's a lot of, you know, reason to s- suspect uh, non-dive play, let's say. Uh, do we like their main support situation this season? gentlemen yes um i don't hate it okay interesting oh sorry this is a yes or no that's fair i mean i've not i've not been answering yeses or nos i've been answering (laughs) pure gray area haven't i Uh, i guess yes then i guess i lean heavier towards yes than no so it has to be a yes with with those where's this going to joe where's this going those were the only two questions that i think really sum up my 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 feeling around houston with an open hero pool, again, knock on wood, hopefully my projections are correct. I don't see Houston really being successful outside of a very limited pool of compositions that they can run. They have not shown me that they can run dive at a playoffs level. And I'm talking about the teams that are in the playoffs currently. I don't think if you put them in a dive mirror versus any of the teams in the playoffs that they will beat them. Taking into context what I said previously about Toronto and Toronto being the better dive team, I do see Toronto besting Houston because of their limitations. They're going to be pinched in this meta unless they come out with some crazy shit that I'm not expecting, which is very likely the case. Could be. Look at the patch notes. It's possible. Soldier Genji, boom, lock it in. I I am back on the legs. He locks in the legs and boom, that's, that's Houston for you right there. I am concerned for this team. I would feel heartbroken for them if they did not make an Hawaii appearance, right? Just a singular Hawaii appearance. They've come close before. They've gotten kind of screwed with their opponent draws. I think they're going to get screwed again. I have Toronto making the playoffs. Will they get screwed again? They've been screwed in the past because they've played teams like Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, you're literally playing the team's at the very bottom of the league that still exists that are not called Vancouver and London. Correct. Like this, the, there's no better chance. There's no better shot for Houston. I agree. Possibly get. This is their best chance. I don't think the meta suits them. I think they're going to be screwed by this meta. Okay. But, do you not think they can play their own style down and succeed that way? 
I think they can, and I think they're going to. I see them playing a lot of Jake Brig. That's kind of where the main yep. support discussion was. Is like they don't have a Lucio. What are they going to do? Like they don't have a dive composition that they can call upon. If they play dive, that means Jake's playing Lucio. Is that really what we want to see? I think they're probably Wait, going is to. Jake, is Jake playing is, Lucio? Is Juby like at is Disney World or? I, I, I don't see them playing <laughs> Juby, to be completely honest. I don't wow. think that they've looked good. And this is, I don't think this is, I think there's a lot of growing pains there. I think there's a lot of intangibles, uh, intangibles uh, that Jake brings to this team. And I think the record speaks for itself. I think there is going to be a very definitive style that Houston wants to play that Jake fits right into, but that sure. limits them. Sure. I'm just disagreeing that they don't have a Lucio. <sighs> Fair. I mean, yes, they have a Lucio. Will he see playtime, though? I think they shouldn't. I think they, like, if they, what, what, what does Houston want to play? Houston wants to play Piggy on Sigma. You're hot damn right. Right? Like, they want to play um, Brig with Jake, most likely. Mm -hmm. um, that already points you in a direction. Yeah. Can I tell you the two comps? I can tell you the exact two comps they want to play. Go, go for it. Based on their history. One is a straight double shield of Rista Sigma. Zap, mm -hmm. Brig. Uh, you know, all that kind of good stuff. DP, yep. DPS is kind of whatever. They'll, they'll play whatever works there. And then the other comp is the Sigma Ball. This one's like less flexible in terms yeah. of like where you can run it. Um, so Piggy Sigma, Django Ball, I assume. And then um, you play here. Brig Zen, I believe, is the backline for this. So Crimzo Zen and Jake Brig. So in both these compositions, two things are consistent. Sigma, Brig. And those are two things that... Outlaws want to run, run right. So yeah, those yeah. are the two comps I see them playing the most. The only other thing I'd add is is Happy's Hero Pool in dive metas has been pinched, and I feel like that was showcased beautifully during Countdown Cup. Right. I'd be real. He's I think he plays Soldier. I think they play Trace Soldier. Yes. Happy Soldier. And I th I think that's what you probably have to run. I think that's going to be their best look, and that's the only look that I feel like we're gonna get. They just, well who. Maybe it's enough. Who knows? I've seen Again, teams yes. in this league, Dallas and Chengdu, notably the two of the teams that have the least flexibility. Mm. Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to the audience. Chengdu, one of the least flexible teams in the league, and they get away with playing like very few things. Ironically, they have the most flexible player on their DPS, but they have the least flexible team overall, which is funny. Um, not because of leave, it's because of everyone else. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I think you can one trick. You you can like one slash two trick a comp and make it work. Like you don't. I don't think you need to be a team that has to play everything. Let's yep. be real. Shanghai don't really play brawl. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. absolutely don't play brawl. They they couldn't do it to save their lives. Hundred um, percent. And and Dallas don't want to play ball. And there's plenty of stuff that you know they, all these teams have succeeded despite like their limitations. So uh, don't I think get me Houston, wrong. I agree. I, I, don't, I don't get you wrong. I, I think Houston, if they if they try to one slash two trick a composition with Sigma and Brig, mm -hmm. I could see it working if like the meta direction is is decent in the mm -hmm. in the playoffs with the patch uh, in consideration, and that you'd need some good maps going your way as well. And yes. uh, I mean, okay, Havana exists for double shield. Um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can. I think you can try to make it work. Um, my last point with dive, I think it's way more proactive. I think you get to dictate the, the pace of the, you know, the, the yeah. match of itself. I think there's a lot of things that go dives way. Um, and out of the four teams coming in from the quarterfinals, I see Toronto piloting that the best. I, uh, and yeah, 
I see to I see Houston playing like a more hybrid version of dive where they play one hard hit scan with a tracer. Because you want happy on one of his good heroes. You want him on Ash. Totally. You want him on um either Hanzo or Soldier. Soldier's gonna be great on the next patch. Uh and you want Dante to be your tracer. That's that's literally what you want. And so I think they play some variation of that. Uh with Ball Sigma Ball, I guess. Yeah, why not? That's that's Houston. I think Houston I I would favor I would still probably favor Houston and Shock still both making it. Maybe I'm less confident on Houston, mm. but I think I've seen enough good games out of Houston where they've ended, they've had tournament runs ended because of like one of the literal best teams. Of course. Yeah. Um, that, you know, now when their options are like Paris, Washington, Boston, Toronto, it could happen. The only way this doesn't happen is if Shock dodge Washington and Washington are actually really good in postseason and Washington just have this, a Cinderella story again where they completely, where they just they sweep through and Houston are just in the way and they just shoo Houston out of the way because Washington's on a rampage. Like that that's a scenario where Houston don't make it. Um let's move over to APAC. I'm pretty sure we're 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 all set now over talking about uh, what's happening over in NA. First game, Hangzhou Spark versus Philadelphia Fusion. Both teams will be getting to play the team compositions and the heroes that they are very good on. And I think both teams suffered heavily in the mm. countdown cup because of their limitations via hero pools and team comps based on the restrictions yes both teams were disappointing they both sucked in the countdown cup but i think the hero pools really screwed them and now with an open meta i think both teams have a real strong chance of having a second wind Thoughts? big agree Jessica, you want to take this one um yeah I'm, i mean it's there's always the um the angle of meta, that's also for Fusion in particular, that's the angle of uh, getting their, their team together, which, like, the integration process, I talked to Christopher, like, it's, it's always a challenge. Like, if you got your entire European squad over in one go, then you could just reintegrate and then be done with it. But the trickle was pretty lethal for them. So, um, and we saw, like, arguably, like, the Shockwave um, integration was also very slow because of that, right? Um, I think theoretically speaking, in my mind, there's no doubt that uh, Philadelphia Fusion is the is the favorite here. Um, I think, as I said like last time, I think the trajectory that the Spark had is so volatile this year, and um, there's no real factors other than the hero pool that could like make me optimistic about them, which. Fair enough is a good argument, especially if you get uh, shot. Ooh. <coughs> My bad. Um, get shy on um, on one of his comfort picks. Um, mm. I think, I think the the Mika like coolest thing is probably not helping them either. It sucks what happened. Really? Like what M MCD. Like I, I still remain that MCD was the second carry of this team throughout the year. Um. So yeah, the, I don't I don't see how that team uh, improves drastically in the in the play-ins. I think that's a pretty safe one for uh, Philly here, and I hope they make it clean three zero. So they like it's almost what is required in my mind in order for the following match to be competitive. So they can look good versus Seoul before ine inevitably disappointing their fans versus yes. Seoul again. Um, no, <laughs> I I no that'll be good. I 
I, for one, truly do hope that Philly beats Hangzhou Spark so that we get the the miserable again <laughs> between Philadelphia Fusion and Soul Dynasty. The pun uh, also, also, yes, I will be casting that APAC play in oh, nice. So we will be we will be running back the miserable, the insufferable, or as we call it on the day, the spaghetti bowl. There's a lot of great names for this matchup. This is Soul versus Philly. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah, it is. And it didn't yeah. it didn't become a classic until recently, but my goodness, is it a classic because somebody wins but somebody loses really badly and, and that is also always fun to watch whether it's soul fans crumbling or philly fans crumbling mm-hmm. mm, that shit is tasty um and so i at the end of the day really i win because it doesn't matter it whoever loses i still win that's the best part about this um so i would like it for that matter i wouldn't mind hangzhou versus soul but i i it, okay that it, memes aside analytically what do i think about philly versus hangzhou spike i think um, Philly have on paper a far stronger team. You're right, Yiska losing MCD is going to cost them for sure. I, I think MCD has been really good play, or a good play of the season. Um, Coldus is has been reasonable so far, but I don't know that he's good enough. Like, yeah, he bro, they lost to the Guangzhou Charge in their last game. I don't know. I don't know if Hangzhou are good enough. Like, you, this entire team requires Shy to like hard carry. More than what Leave has to do with the Chengdu Hunters, because at least Leave has like workable parts around him. Bro, Shy just does not, and I feel bad saying that because Gushui's on this team and he's a fucking great Winston player. Um, maybe if they go back to Winston comps, could be good. I don't know how good Coldest uh, Anna is. He's a Zen guy apparently. Um, yeah. but Gushui's been playing mostly ball all of last stage. He played ball, so they're probably gonna play ball comps. They're probably gonna play Ash Ball. Briggs in. That's probably what they're going to play. Um, I think Philly Philly have more cards in their deck. High quality cards as well. I, I know they haven't gotten those to work sometimes, but I mean, bro, if there's... Philly have to live up to the reputation of their team at some stage. They have to live up to the reputation of their players. They've got such good players on their team. I can't believe that they haven't been able to make this work. Um, and now that we're in an open meta, really, there's no excuses. I, I think Philly should win this game. I think it would be possibly the the greatest Philadelphia Fusion moment if they lose, which I'm all for, by the way, because the memes will be hilarious. Oh. Um, but at the same time, bro, they should win. They absolutely should win yes. this game. This should, like yes, you said, I, I'll echo a lot of the same points that these guys made, so I'll spare you that. Uh, I have this going 3-0. A lot of the same reasons. Spark look like doo-doo. Fusion at least can field a lot of the the compositions that I think are going to be meta, um, and yeah, it feels like a formality that we just get the, the spaghetti ball, as Avril said. All right, so let's 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 for the fun of it, you know, maybe address both sides. I don't know that would be too. Actually, no, we we won't address Hangzhou versus Sol because I think it'd just be the same thing, right? We just repeat the same things about like, yeah, well, Sol should just beat Hangzhou the same way Fully should just beat Hangzhou. So really, it comes down to Hangzhou. Sorry, it really comes down to Seoul versus Philly being the yeah. VT matchup. The I think the most exciting game of all play-ins. Move aside Paris, Washington. Move aside Boston, Toronto, mm. and any other variation of who Shock and Houston end up playing doesn't matter. The insufferable, the miserable, the spaghetti ball is the game you cannot miss. That's the fucking game right there. And are oh, you better believe? I'm going to be on my money on that day. On Saturday, I'm going to be on my money, and I will be poking and prodding both fan bases 
really squeezing at the tip of where I think they're going to feel the most pain. And I'm going to opt. I cannot. I don't I don't know who's going to lose. I don't care who wins. I only care about who loses this game. That's what I care about, guys. And oh my God, I will milk that shit until for all time. Whoever loses. You're the worst. Are you ready? Um, <laughs> I disagree. I think I think I think I'm the best at this. At what I do, I'm the best. Um, there's no better person to cast the insufferable because I I will I oh if there is a way I, I can get tears out of these fan bases better than onions could. I'm telling you that right now. Um yeah, so that aside. That I mean aside, you're getting tears um, out of me with soul games as well. Anyway, all season <laughs> already, so <laughs> Um, I right, do we this this could be and should be a close matchup. Should be a very should close be, matchup. Yeah. It's profit versus carpe again, maybe, or depending on who gets we know who that gets run where. Uh, we do not do like us. Does it usually go in profit's favor? I think it does. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it usually does. It does from season one. Since season one. <laughs> yep. Oh, can, by the way, season last season, Soul knocked Philly out of playoffs, didn't they? In that that game, yeah, yeah, they did. Oh yeah. So we kind of yeah, yeah, like lower stakes version, but still pretty high stakes because the one of the teams don't make it forward, and once again it comes oh. out of Philly versus Soul. That was that. To keep dog, their that was at three zero as well, right? That was or, that dog shit fucking Philly running Winston when it was very clearly like Roadhog was like the hotness. Um. Uh, yeah, just and just to farm the fuck yes. out of Philly for it. Yeah. Um. That would be that would be the most gesture thing, by the way. He just sh- shows up to his computer, just puts his like five pound rings individually down on the table. The table is shaking, and he's just like, "I got a world class ball, by the way," and they just go to town. Like that would be the most gesture thing, thing I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. All right, who 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 do we have for this? What are we thinking? This one, this one is probably the closest for me in terms of a 50-50. I have not been very big on Soul uh, coming into reads. I do give them a lot of benefit of the doubt because they're going to have a little bit more time, not by much. Um, I see them... I see them more like a, a Justice. I think a lot of the same points that you guys drew up for Justice, I see for Soul. Um, and I think this does come from that DPS line. I see playoff soul in full effect. I think they're going to come out and play very, very well. I think this is a team that's going to probably trend downwards as playoffs goes on. Um, but I do have soul advancing uh, probably 3-2 uh, over Philly. Pretty much on, on the back of, of that DPS duo. Simple as that. Wow. Profit play up. It's literally playoffs profit now. Yeah. It's literally players' profit time, right? Like we've waited a whole year to get to the playoffs, and profit's like, all right, it's time to start trying. So- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should I turn on my monitor now, guys? Should I start trying? Yeah. Should I take the Should I take the weights off? Yeah. What do you What do you guys think? Yeah. Okay. That's that's players' profit for us. Um, <laughs> to be fair, he hasn't been bad this season. Um, no, he hasn't. And Sol have been excellent this season, actually. Yeah. I'm really tired of seeing him on May. I will say, put the boy on tracer, please. Trace or Echo this season as well. Like, that's, by go. the way, a very underrated point. Like, do you guys remember, like, yes, basically everyone was like, Prophet is the goat! And as soon as people's funny said it, I was sitting there, oh, my God, have I done it? Have I won the hill? And then it's just like, Prophet gets on Echo, and I'm like, no, 
all the work I've done over the last years. This looks like hot garbage, dude. Please. Like it, there were there were place once again, I I've, I've probably said it on the podcast like five times. There was a Hollywood map that just like destroyed my soul. Um mm -hmm. where he played. Just flanking on its own, trying to get health packs. Oh yeah. 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 It was so, sad. This season he looks crisp on that. Like I think he's second in uh kills per ten. Like generally doesn't overcommit too much. Like he's in feeding. He generally uh, uh, carries pretty well. So um, if they were to play that, it, the problem is once again they want to. In this meta, they almost want to clone profit. Um, right. And what meta do you not? I mean, probably oh, 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 in like McCree God. stuff. You guys are like hard sleeping on fits here. What do you mean clone profit, dude? That, that's by the way one thing that I'm like no. Fitz wasn't the better DPS player this season. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Fitz was not the better player <laughs> DPS player this season. No, shut up. Shut the fuck up, actually. I'll do you one better. He has been super fucking good. You he has admit, been very hot, yes. Been phenomenal this season. Not better He's than Prophet, though. A big turnaround. Wait. I think both have been good. I think those two players have carried the fuck out of that team. Yeah, good enough to make role star, Yiska. For for profit? No. Yeah. Nah, Aww. but the, because that role is stacked, bro. Like, <laughs> I think I didn't get Kefster. I would have taken Kefster over profit this year. Uh yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, Kefster would have been my next pick. I I still think about whether I should have chosen Kefster instead of Sparkle, but whatever, it's done. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. To me, ah, Soul Philly, bro. Who? It's tough. This is this is a really hard game. Oh, it's gonna kill souls as well. Like, uh, unironically, yeah. Oh. Like th these are such high potential teams. You look at like playoff oh, peak no. soul. You look at playoff. You like they have the roster finally together. Shockwaves integrating. They have the time. The meta's open. They have the pool. They've been the most stylistic APAC team probably this season. Is that enough? It's, this I is a tough to, one. I need to go back and watch that um, Soul vs. Philly game again. Which one? The, the latest one. The one where Soul oh, made Hawaii and Philly, did, uh, Philly that didn't. That one wasn't good. Um, oh, what do you mean? It was a great game. I Ooh, love that game. I'm sure uh, you did, you little torture. But um Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm uh I'm just I'm just fucking what is it? Uh, just waterboarding the fan bases of both teams. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. Like even looking back on that game, like I think Philadelphia I'll say what I said when I cast that game. Mm. Philly have the better support line, Seoul have the better oh. DPS line. Oh. And what 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 do you what say you tanks yeah thanks okay uh, I'm starting to remember the game now there was a lot of Zarya being played too yep. got hot by Hotbot and Zarya but Philly relied way too hard on the Zarya to try and carry them to the point where at the end I was like bro they need to stop playing this this is not working anymore mm. um the other thing actually was that Animo and Creative showed up big time in that matchup yes. that was part of the reason why because usually Animo and Creative look a bit underwhelming. That game was Philly. They were fucking good. They were really good, actually. I think Creative's uh, definitely ramped up over the season. I think his uh, his Countdown Cup performance was actually really, really solid. Like probably um, one of the standouts. The thing is, the, the thing for me is, Seoul peaked in Countdown, even though they got farmed by Chengdu <laughs> later on, as we found out in Hawaii, which I don't think anyone was super surprised by. Seoul peaked in Countdown Cup in terms of where they were. 
because obviously they they made Hawaii for the first time, but it's not just because of that, but like how they played versus Philly, like it felt like all six players were pretty good that game. Mm-hmm. Even with two getting diffed on the Zarya, that's fine. Two U goes diva and he's a really good diva. That's 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 what he does. Um Philly looked disappointing in Countdown Cup. Okay, they won games, but then then they still just can't quite get across the board. I'm uh, do I dare be a soul warlock and just place my trust in soul i mean who did philly even beat philly beat hangzhou easy philly beats new york to be fair i i mean oh maybe that could have been a new york win who knows philly lost to soul to a reverse sweep as well tragic yeah um what else did they do oh that's right they beat shanghai when shanghai fucked around as well so um do i trust philly Probably ever so slightly less than trust Soul, so I'm gonna go with Soul. I think this any- is this Twitter situation is gonna be fire. By the way, it's going to be a three-two, and whoever wins, the like, the Twitter will just be like typical team, you know, typical yep. X, like because it is going to be typical to lose three-two in close fashion and like peace out uh, of a tournament situation. To be fair for Soul, maybe less so. I think, um, like it would feel. Worse for soul or profit rather to not make it to playoffs. Um, or profit in Joshua, I should say. Uh, no. even though I mean, season two kind of kind of was a bummer, but yeah, it is what it is. So, yeah. Jessica, I assume you have soul. Did you say it? Yeah, I can't remember if you said, yeah, I think I'm um, ticket soul. You have soul. So, what did the, you say, may I sway or, or t- attempt to sway? Uh, any hearts and minds for soul fans and maybe give some hopium to the, uh, the, the Philly fusion fanatics out there. If you look at souls countdown cup road, that does not inspire a lot of faith. They open with a reverse sweep against the Hangzhou spark who we've just written out of play in, or yeah, play ins. Uh, they immediately obviously beat up on Valiant. Haha, Nice meme. Uh, they lose to Shanghai, who's taking a break. Obviously, that's Shanghai still, but Close with one. less practice. Close one. Um, and then they beat Philly. Is that something that gives you what? a ton of confidence? So what I did there? I had the twice in there. That's just that's yeah. just there to push the buttons of the Fusion fans a little bit more. Just be like, <laughs> twice, by the way. Just three times, back to back. Uh, reverse sweep was one of them. He is actually um, the best at it. He is the best at it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> God, I know what I'm doing. Um, you should you should see my tweets when 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 Philly when when Philly don't even play, and I got fire tweets out there just bullying the Fusion fans. Like, bro, Fusion didn't even play, and they still lost somehow. It's just it's fucking funny. Um, um, yeah. Look, I think both teams have had great moments and well, good moments and a lot of bad moments. A lot mm. of bad moments. Yeah. Mm, tasty. A lot of bad moments, but. Taste um, it. It's tough. This is a tough do one. I, do I want to see Carpe in playoffs or do I want to see Profit in playoffs? The two most decorated, well, the two most decorated in terms of like how long they've been, two most veteran players. Yeah, there you go. That's better word. Yeah. Uh, one of them is decorated. decorated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> decorated at all. Yeah, Profit, rather, on the other hand, is quite decorated. Uh, two of those veteran players in the entire Watch League. And uh, one of them is going home. Is are we? I don't know how I just made this comparison, and I know 
I know you both probably will get this reference, but I may need to do some explaining. Is Carpe our double lift? No, because double lift won lots of shit. He's well, the, later on he did. I like one. How many LCS titles do you have? He he had like four back to back as well. Something yes, like that. But he he, is he one of the most winningest players out of, of NA of all time. He began his career and was for a long time haunted by the fact that he had not won anything. Yes, he eventually did win things, 100%. So if Carpe then, in the next five years of Overwatch League, because Overwatch 2 is going to be a yeah, like, great success, smash we're, going to get, we're going to get a minimum five more years of the Overwatch League, with Overwatch 2 being the best game ever. Um, Carpe then wins five stage titles over the course of the next five seasons. I think that's very possible. If that was true, was... I'd be very upset because I missed my chance to Travis Geff at that situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, how is Carpe in, in, in Germany somewhere? Just like, oh, God. You could have played like, like for hey, EU United or something. You go to Carpe, like, look, man, I don't have great, in my mum doesn't have great internet, but we, I, got a, I got a couch, I got a bed, you know, I got a PlayStation 5. You like those, huh? You like that? So yeah. your face got some, face face has some money. They're throwing some money around in Valorant. Why don't they maybe buy in one of these slots that uh maybe up for sale and maybe they make a you know he's an ex face player. I know that that's the point. Yeah, maybe they bring him back. Maybe they do some things in Europe. Maybe win a stage title or two. Yeah, I think Actually, the comparisons. That's a nice trajectory, by the way. It's kind of wild. You think about it, Carpe's uh his his sort of his movements through different teams. He goes from BK, BK stars, Phase Clan, getting dumpstered by Taimu. He's just like that's that's where you go. You go from BK stars yeah. to phase, like boom, there it is. You're in the money, and then you're on fusion. And you're like, you're the, like the highest paid player in the league in season one. Like you're bigger than Sinatra's 150k. Bam, you you are like, you are just you, you're actually winning. You you are winning in all aspects except for except... the part where you actually win the <laughs> games. Like, you are you otherwise winning. So again, guys, I'm very good at this. The fusion fans are loving these comments right now. I'm very good at this. Um, so. I don't know. I don't have my. I'm. I'm just memeing right now. I don't really have much else to add here, except that I think it's going to be the great, a great game, a yeah. Jackson game. I think it's going to this. So, so let me. Thought, yeah. Closing, closing thoughts. Thought. Let me ask you guys one quick final question. Out of the teams you have predicted to getting out of play play-ins, uh, of those three teams, who do you think does the most damage in playoffs? Of the of which uh, in APEC. Of the teams, yeah, in total, NA and APAC, oh. that you have advancing bracket-wise, so the predictions that you... Which of the three do the most damage? Shock. Which of the three? Shock. Okay. So. Jessica? Anz finds a Widowmaker meta, it's over. It's over. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to write off Shock yet. Mine would be Shock as well. I, I saw some magic coming into countdown cup they obviously didn't make it but i saw i saw the light i'm 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 not ready to give up yet did they lose they, they lost the glad yeah yeah they, lost they, the, they, they look good been, yeah. Yeah. yeah team that won the whole tournament yeah that's not bad very that's not, not bad. bad at all very narrow as well yeah mm. yeah i i mean shock is definitely <sighs> yeah i think it's shock is the reasonable answer my answer is solid, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christ. Yeah. Is Arnold paying you money behind the scenes? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, you still haven't decursed de me, dude. Like, you you cursed me in the preseason, 
and I'm still on it. Like the, the only the... way this could be worse is if you put like all Soul Dynasty players for your roll stars. Yeah, at zero. I'm surprised you didn't do that. I'm surprised you didn't do no, that. I hate them all because like my, my Preds. Like if you look at the accuracy of my Preds, there is not a worse team than Soul this year. Like, it's it's actually insane how bad I am. Like, whenever I'm trusting them to do something, then they're not. And then the other way around, when I'm like, okay, I'm not going to trust Seoul again. Then they just, like, beat Shanghai or some some weird yeah. shit happens. And it's just like, ah, oh, come on, get lost. Like, the, the, and it, it is your curse. It is. Sounds like projection, but okay. He's the best at it. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a lot, a lot to look forward to. Yes. Um, hopefully some real news on Overwatch 2 in the future. When I say real news, I'm talking like Blizzard releases, a, they have a press release. They mm. give us an update. Team 4 gives us an update. Something to work on, something to chew on. Mm. Um, all, you know, all hopes and prayers for Thursday's internal meeting, uh, whatever's going to go on there for all the decisions being made. Um, our hopes and dreams and livelihoods quite literally rest upon it. So, Godspeed, and I hope they make the right decisions for everyone. Um, and then I'm, yeah, looking forward to plans. Obviously, I've just I've already talked about it, but I'll be casting the Eastern Division APAC plans, uh, the Hangzhou Seoul game, and then sorry, the Hangzhou Philly game, and then Seoul versus the winner of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be my final cast of the year of the season. Um, well, over the year for Overwatch League, sure, but over the season for Overwatch League as well. So I'm going to end it on a big bang. Hopefully it will be... I, I would love nothing more than to end it. My final cast of the season on The Insufferable, that would make my year. And I, I pray that it will happen. So that You're I can... You're the worst. Um, You're the worst. So I can, finish, I can finish it on the best possible game. My best possible cast. Um, yeah, it's... There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, next episode as well. Hopefully there'll be some. Uh, I don't know what what are we going to talk about next episode. I don't know. Find out. Stay tuned. Subscribe. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Catch you later.